Well, howdy. <laughs> Raindrops on roses and bullshit and stereo. I can't light my cigarette because I have this stereo. I don't know what that means. I think that's like a bowel disease or something. I was going to stay with kittens because I was I can't light my cigarette because I'm wearing these mittens. I don't know, John. It was a whole thing. It was a very traumatic time for all of us as we tried to connect. It's uh, like a dystopia and dysentery combined. Dysteria. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dysentery in a dystopian future. <laughs> it's the worst kind. Yeah. Think, about the sh- think about the shits you'd have in Blade Runner. That's what I'm <laughs> talking about. They might attack me. They might attack me. Right. Soylent Green is people, and it gives me the runs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say we started off on a good foot. <laughs> Soylent Green well, is people, and it gives me the runs. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, I mean, I you heard it here first. I can eat it, but I mean, whew, don't be around me the next day. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's quite tasty, but... I knew it was some kind of supplement. <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. I can hear you. You're the one with the I echo. I can hear you. I can hear you. Are you good? Howdy. Holy chives. Oh. <laughs> uh, were you saying it was one of those weeks <laughs> oh man how about we uh how about we go live huh give the people what they want how about let's just get this over with because i need to get something funny and alcoholic in my system because <sighs> i laugh because if i don't i'm gonna cry you're going to cry when you know what I'm going to do to you. I promise you that. <laughs> and away we go. Go. I don't know what that means. Is that just something you say when you... Usually there's something following when you people say away we go. What we like yeah. to call this in the biz is dead air. Got it. Check. Yeah. I'm a fact finder and I'll remind you believe when I say I research this all day but we a two-sided pod you need to rebut all i say with all of your ragings tell me why i've got red hair and ginger pubes Tell me why you bitch and moan, it's all you do. Now it's time to get drunk and go on stereo. That's the two-sided way. That's the two-sided way. 
<laughs> Somehow it makes everything better. Uh, it really just started off with a bang. Oh <laughs> man, I'm trying to be pleasant here. Whatever. <laughs> Where's your beautiful mug? No, I don't want to show it. I don't want to show it. I don't want to show it. Okay. I'll show it. <laughs> What's up, man? The big, the bold, the beautiful. My boy, uh, Pete. I'm saying, if this beard and this ego got any bigger, we couldn't fit it through the front door. I mean, we could, but we wouldn't want to. Because <laughs> people, people have to pay to see it and experience it. That's number that's, one. That's right. Beard Ego School 101, bro. People got to pay to experience the company of your beard and your and yourself. Everybody needs the wonder of the beard, but they got to pay. Yeah. Oh yeah, everybody got Yeah, they got to pay. Let's let's do a shot right now because I just uh, had this port and I have never had one sitting here with you in front of me and this in front of me this long and I don't feel comfortable. <laughs> like it's burning a hole in enough, my liver. I have one. I have one here too. Let's get rid of these. Cheers. I don't like looking at them anymore. Cheers. Hello, Chaser, my old friend. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that helps. That helps. Yeah, so 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 technically, in a in a technical from a technical standpoint, we're doing really, really good now at this point. If you don't touch anything. Don't look at anything. <laughs> Don't breathe on a button. So help me if you play a sound effect and your mic goes out and then your camera all of a sudden it's like fucking the per like ah the chick comes out of the well. I was like, oh, you watch this video, like if ah, the the grudge, the grudge, there it is. Ooh, that was a there tough it one. Is. <laughs> the purge. It yeah, had a, an E at the end. Yeah, it had an urge. 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 I don't know how Urge. I don't know how I don't know how hooked on phonics works for you, but I look at the letters. I don't do the sound effects. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, public school education strikes again. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah. Our production value is, is, is technically is okay. Our 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 talent right now could be could be uh, wanting, but but our production oh. we're doing all right. Oh, oh, the talent is wanting. I know you have been shopping around for different talent. I've been shopping around for different hosts. It's funny that the two people we're both thinking about hiring are going to get together and take our show from us and be like, you know, we can do this way better than those pieces of shit. <laughs> Damn it. Hoisted by my own petard. That's right. We kept on wanting to cut out the middlemen. Then we realized we were the middlemen. Technically, we were the middlemen, um, but I'd rather be ho- I'd rather be hoisted by a Picard. <laughs> <laughs> they call me John Luke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, multiple, multiple entendre. Well done, well played, sir. Speaking of well played, howdy. I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. I don't like your sense of timing. I don't like what you do with this. I don't like that just when we get a good thing going, we have a banter, we have a rapport, we're having a ha ha ha, everyone's laughing, everyone's joking. You're like, what can I do to literally throw 
sand in the gears of this well-oiled machine that we're trying so hard to perfect. I know, I know what will start the project. Well, I don't know, but I'm going to play didgeridoo in the background. It helps me think. And once the didgeridoo hits that kazoo, and you put them together, and you start the show, and you then play it now and ruin all of this, John. All of this. I'm John L. Peacock from Brooklyn, New York, currently in the Dirty Mitten of Michigan. And I'm my boy Pete out in Southern California, currently in a state of disbelief yet again of John's timing and his impeccable, peccable knowledge. To, to... No, it's very peccable. <laughs> it's not impeccable. It's super peccable. God damn you, John. And you're listening to Two-Sided, where every episode I challenge Pete with a bit of the two sides of life, the fun and the serious. The right and the wrong, the peccable and the impeccable, John. <laughs> you almost got me. You almost got me. I wanted to make some kind of comments on the peccable. I was like, ooh, that's I know. Good. Ooh, go on in there. <laughs> hey, the, the peccable's right for the picking. <laughs> How many peccables could one man peck, pe- pick if one man pick, pecked his own peccables? Impeccable. I think you could pick a peck of peccables. <laughs> oh, Im- impeccably. Indubitably, sir. Pick a, pick a peck of indubitably dubious mm. peccables. Now, now you're just talking. Now that's a bunch of peccadillos, John. And I ain't going to have those around. <laughs> hey, John, hey, do hey, you know? You yeah. Well, no, but, I, but on the phone, pick a, do you know the, the scientific name for a starfish? I don't believe I do. What is it? Picapoidia helenophoidia. Really? Yes, I promise Helenophoidia? you. Picapoidia, Picapoidia Helenophoidia. Because we had to, in sixth grade, I had to go, I went to science camp in, uh, like, uh, like somewhere in Monterey, like somewhere over there. And you stayed on the beach and you do the tide pools. And then every, during the day, you'd have to go back to class and learn. And there was like class, but it was in the camp setting. Yeah, and you'd have to learn all the scientific things and what's the name of this and what's this and have a test at the end of the day at the end of the week but he, that was one of the things he's like you will never forget this pick a point of Helen authority pick a point of Helen authority and so every time we'd see him I'm like kids what's this <laughs> the entire time literally anytime I went I saw anyone and they're talking about anything scientifically named or seafood related we were all like hey man starfish Pick a point in Helen He's right. We'll never forget. <laughs> impeccable. And peckable. Yeah, and peckable. Don't be so parsnickety. <laughs> All right, John. I digress, as you were saying, my friend. Let's jump into our first uh... lightning round. Lightning round. Oh, it's time to get down. I've been working on my own, John, but it's not the same. Lightning guy, he took <laughs> off. He, ha- he had a family event this week, and he's like, I can't be here. There's things going on in my personal life. As a lightning man, I just can't deal. And I was like, I've been trying to fill his big shoes. Lightning. Lightning round. No, it's not. I'm still working on it. We'll figure it out. If he's still gone next week, we'll figure it out. 
well, you know, Passover is coming up and uh, uh, Easter shortly thereafter. So, you know, the, the holidays have always been a lightning rod for stress. Oh, look what he did there. Look at this lightning rod. Well, I hope you fucking raise after three days from your, your depressive sleep there, my, my sleepy Easter friend. <laughs> anyone who's anyone knows that our first lightning round of the episode is always a standard Q&A. My boy, Pete, are you ready for the questions? Oh, I'm fucking ready, baby. Let's do it. All right. Uh, What is your favorite U.S.? Sorry, I'm just like, I've already had three slip ups. I'm like, I'm going to try and say curse word instead of say fucking A, John. See, I did it again, but I was just saying what I wasn't going to say. So it's okay. So I'm only three deep. Curse word, I am ready, John. Curse word, yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite U.S. city? Ooh. Ooh. That's a tough one. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because I really, and it's like things you've, you've, you've seen, like, oh, I've spent a weekend there or like a day there. I'm like, oh my god, I love it. I'm like, yeah, but you haven't lived here, you haven't done the things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think places I would I've spent that I really enjoy, and I know they don't have their their best. I really like um, um, Santa Cruz. Santa mm-hmm. Cruz is one of my favorite places because it's so hippy dippy, but it's cool, cutting edge. But there's also the beach, and there's the mountains right there. Um, if I was going big city, from what I know, what I like, I would say I would move to Denver of all of all the big cities because it's it has great public transportation, it has great everything. It's not it has and it still has a dirt that you want if you want to get to it, but it's just not like everywhere, everywhere. Right. Like L.A., you just didn't like shit. I didn't know I could encounter it here. I thought it was good. This is the La Brea Tar Pits. I thought, what is going on? <laughs> but it's still there. It's still findable if if you choose right. to find it, right? Or if it's yeah, if you, to find you, right? Right. If you if you need to go and like, hey man, does anyone have a shitty weed hookup? Nope. <laughs> All right, let's go to the park because that's where. I've seen kids. I know how to go find things in a park. <laughs> now, you, you just mean children at play, right? You don't mean the, the oh. 1990s movie? Well, I, was, I mean, they both work. Either one. Kids in a park plan or kids in a park plan. Anyway. With skateboards. Yeah. Next question. Uh, what is your least favorite area in the U.S.? Oof. I don't like, okay, and this is where, that's kind of a twofer. So I would say anything, first off, it's going to be in the east or the south, just for specifically for, for weather purposes, number one, right off the bat. So, so now it's like, okay, in this part of the world, what do I don't dislike the most? <laughs> um, I personally can't say anything that I personally have experienced about Florida because I've been to Disney world and spent like a week on property. And it was like, just groovy. <laughs> like, what do you mean? It's great. Oh, you face. stayed at one of the resorts. You stayed on property. I, I stayed on property. Wow. Yeah. Uh, 
so and I was cool. And it was just like, yeah, you don't see anyone or anything ever, but Disney all the time. Right. And it's like, you get bus from here. You take a little ferry boat over here. You have reservations here and breakfast here and a thing here. Like, oh my God, this is magical. It was before the, chi- the kid got eaten by the, by the alligator. <laughs> and before yeah. the pandemic, when they found the guy living on the island who had been there for two years. Before that. But... Um, I would have to say I'm not a big fan of like no I I don't want to I don't want to put anyone on the spot but I'd have to say like no mobile is good but something a little Alabama a little uh, lower Alabama Northern Florida, anything on the right there, like ugh, because you're looking at same thing. Well, you know what? No, I'd take it back. I could even go Texas. I could even say Texas, Oklahoma, because mm-hmm. you're dealing with the weather then, and you're dealing with the mindset of the people. Which I mean, cool, that's great, hundred percent. Because I, man, I love Arizona. <laughs> it's the same. Like, oh, Arizona <laughs> is Texas is New Mexico is it feels the same. Like, there's a very and that's cool. Some of my best people, but at the same time, like, I don't want a whole city run on that. I want a goddamn steak challenge, but I don't want. <laughs> yeah, the Great Plains, right? Why would people go to a place that is purely dust and tornadoes and and um, everything? Like, just like Arizona, you know? Right. Why are you right. going to a place that's so inhospitable? Right, and it's that's the thing, though, man. Because you you'd expect me to say. Because I love there's a there's a weird fucking special place in my heart for Safford, Thatcher mm-hmm. Safford, but especially Safford, because it's so it's so specific to an Arizona town. It's like, yeah, they were once like a, a uh, like a, a Marinci or a Duncan, but we've now come up. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be what we want we are now i'm like one of these days we'll be in apache junction <laughs> no you won't no you won't that's a crossroads there well we have a crossroads it's too far away yeah <laughs> solomon is like oh my god at some point we can be a we can be a safford it's just but to me there's a charm to it it's just i love it i love the i love driving the main street like Main Street yeah. in college, John, I drove Main Street. Like I would yeah. troll, like, cause we didn't, there was no rules coming from California. There was uh, uh, um, cruising laws. So if a cops would post it both ends and if they cop clocked you twice, more than twice at each end, they'd get you a ticket for cruising. You can't Jeez. come around because they don't <laughs> want people cruising. So when it was like, I can literally go slowly up and down this street and like holler at like, what's up soda machine girls. All right. We're going to the bar. Like look hard. Someone give me a cigarette. All right. Put the cigarettes out. We're going to the Mormon. Hey girls, ice cream. I'm like, all right, give me a cigarette. We're going to see a church. Yeah. So good. So good. So there's, it's not the small that's town. Where, that's where that cruising happened. is meant to happen, right? The small town is where cruising is meant to happen because everybody basically knows everybody. So you're Damn like, straight. Oh, Hey, Cindy. Hey, hey, how's your girl? Hey, hey, 
All right. I'll see you soon. Yeah, yeah. I'll and see you on the next one. <laughs> right. Hey, we... hey, get in, get in. Okay, hold on. I got to pee. Get me on the way back. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, so good. And also, you, you're not worried about, well, when I was there, man, you weren't worried about uh, everyone. And that was the thing in Arizona. So you know everyone had guns. Everybody yeah. had guns. You knew that. Right. But, but you were not worried about getting shot in any fight there was there was never a worry about gunplay because everyone would be like the fuck's going on and like oh we're gonna fight and it was just like fantastic fighting it was just the way it should be you know it was just like god damn man and now i haven't been there yeah well no i don't think we said that i said i'm gonna put hands on you boy i'm gonna put hands on you fisticuffs i'm not a pugilist john i'm more of a fighter (laughs) i think we fully answered that question (laughs) i think we summed it up basically what i was trying to say is like i'm not anti-small town i'm not anti the feeling but it's more of a weather of a climate of a of a whole overall atmosphere like it's not right. i don't believe bad people i don't believe there's a state or a city that has oh it's bad because of people because of this it's just like oh i don't like the transit is bad and it smells like poop and it's swampy and also there's no uh sonic burgers so or white castles depending on which side of the mississippi you're on either way i ain't fucking with it uh, yeah, the um, the swampy, like nine months of the year swamp is just a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of the, uh, <laughs> I think of the uh, good morning Vietnam. He's like, all right, we're going to go to our man in the field out in weather. Jack C. Jackson, how's the weather out there? Hot! Hot and wet! <laughs> Which is good with you with a lady, but not when you're in the jungle. Shit! Okay, coming right back to the studio. <laughs> it's the same thing I think about every time I go to like Texas or New York or or Long Island. Any of the I know that's New York still, but I don't consider it the same place because there are different kind of people up there. The New York is the the Long Islanders. Anyway, that's right. I I digress. But anything out there like it's uh, summertime's gross, bro. Summertime's gross. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I grew up in the desert. Like, yeah, I, I, that is a much worse summer. The, the swampy summers are the worst. Way, way worse. And the thing is, I feel like you'd have to get like, um, I don't know. But no, because you see New York, it's all the fucking, everyone in Brooklyn, you see the fucking, everybody has like fucking sweat rags around their necks. And like, there's tons of those. Like, I don't want to live like that, man. I don't right. live like that. I mean, I already sweat when I eat the 72 ounce, I mean, 172 ounce steak challenge. I eat, I sweat when I do that, but I don't want to do, John, time and place. Anyway, so we answered the that, question. Is that, is that the new book, Eat, Sweat, Love? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eat, fart, sleep is going to be the, the come up next. It's going to be like, and then you, the refreshing, the idea of, the re it's like a it's like a a, a butterfly coming from the to chrysalis it's like a a cocoon is being opened it's the it's a rebirth it's redawning the farting and the sleeping it's like you need to out with the good sleep with the bad wait no 
that's what I do at the bar. <laughs> ah, damn it. <laughs> Backwards. <laughs> Out with the bad, sleep in the good, wake up a new person, and you're a goddamn butterfly. The unexpected uh, finale of the trilogy. That's right. All right, next question. <laughs> if you could only have one food for the rest of your life and it was a cereal, which one would you have? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Great. Uh, do you consider yourself a muse, an artist who uses muses, or self-inspired? Oh, <laughs> there's a three... There. The... It's not either and or because you did the last one or this. You said, do you this? Do you this or this? Like it's I don't get to pick one of the three, John. Or two of the th- John, rephrase your question. Rephrase it. I looked this up on Hulu and they said that your co-host is not being a very good narrator. How much do you identify with the following phrases? You yourself as a muse, yourself as an artist who uses muses. And yourself as a self-inspired creative okay. person. Three phrases. I was going to be because we could have a whole conversation if you like. Do you identify as a muse? Period. Semicolon. Pause for laughter or hilarity. <laughs> or you can lump it all in together, John. But let me go ahead and say, uh, hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm a goddamn muse. <laughs> That one's a drop in the bucket. Like, there's no question. Like, I inspire people to be better than they should be or to hate me. I inspire them to action. I am like, I'm a, I am like, um, I'm like when the French resistance built the barricade, I inspire action. You can't ignore it. It's inspiring. I'm a muse of some sort. Hopefully artistic, because be classy with your things, but hopefully artistic. Next question. What was the next one? Next statement that I have to identify uh, with or not? The, the, how much do you identify um, as uh, an artist who uses muses? Okay. Uh, now, now we're getting into the definition, the, the definition of muses, because muses... Is that the specific, let me ask you, because I haven't looked it up and I'm not, I won't pretend to totally know. Is it inspiration that is a specific being, a a living human being, a person, a thing that lives? Or is it an inspiration that comes from inspiration? Like inspired by, I watched Care Bears the movie and I was inspired to make Saving Private Ryan. Like (laughs) it's not based on, it's inspired by. Because right, I'll, right. Let you, I'll let you know, John, the Carebrush went through some shit. If you go back and watch that, it was just like when he said, make it your life worth it. And it was the same reminder. He said, Care Bear Shine. And it was very similar. Which is uh, fascinating because I'm actually wearing a, a Care Bears uh, t-shirt right now. Okay. Careful. It would be. I'm grumpy. It would be a lot cooler. Like I was almost super excited that John had a fucking badass shirt because I thought it said careful, I'm crumpy. And I thought it had Care Bears crumping like, <laughs> like doing the, 
because the 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 font looks the same, the G and the C. I'm like, oh no, I'm just dyslexic. Never mind. You're not cool. You're just wearing a Care Bear shirt. Turns out John wears PJs to the goddamn show today. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> and final one. <coughs> oh, actually, you you asked for a clarification. So I would say let's go with the most modern uh, definition of a physical embodiment, a person who is amused to you. Um, um, yeah. I will say if a physical embodiment, the only time that I've ever been an artist who uses muses, uses muses. Oh, don't. <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah, it, no, super is. I had an amused douche when I was amusing my bu- muses. Oh, doozy of a time. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't alliteration fun, John? Isn't it fun? And you thought I was illiterate. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so I can say, I can honestly say, the only time that I've ever been an artist who it does use a muse is when I'm a bitch and I'm like, I'm heartbroken. And it's like, I'm going to write some love songs. I'm going to get her back. <laughs> or it's like, or it's like, oh, I've never felt this way. I'm going to write a love song and tell her how much she fucking means to me. And then I'll write the next one. It's like, I can't believe she left me. It's usually the first one. It's the latter before the former. <laughs> like, who do it? Right. <laughs> but it's a, and then, then after that, it's like, nah, man, I'm just here to jam. I'm here to make the people move. I'm here to bring smiles to them down on their dials, baby. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I don't need no muse. I am my muse. And that leads into the final uh, phrase of do you consider yourself self inspired? Oh, you have to be. As an artist, you have to be. Because if you're looking for other people to, to lend you your, their shit, if you do find someone who inspires you, but they're not artistic, well, they're not going to help you. Right. And if some, something goes wrong in that relationship, John, let me just relate it to, it was one of the best times of my life back in Safford, Arizona. I was on a mixed bowling team. Uh, and... My buddy said we need to get a girl because my 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 good friend she just moved out moved out of state so we don't, we need to find a replacement. I was like, dude, we'll get your girlfriend or get Jeff's girlfriend. He's like, no, no, no man, one on one, you can't bowl with a relationship because as soon as that goes awry, like one bad argument, you bring it into the alley, and now like we can't do fucking fire bombs. We can't. We can't do fucking, we can't get crazy. And it's like, everyone's like, yeah, I guess I'll drink some beers. I guess I'll pound beers. And it's very sad. It's like, I might as well be at home in the closet weeping like a goddamn Reese's monkey because this is not fun. However, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, you got to keep your muses separate because if you're only inspired and the person doesn't have any of the artistic lending of their, or anything, Right. versus versus the person who has all artistic lending and now like now you're looking at are we in the same business are we are we both musicians and now it's like people you hang around i don't want to i'm i'm working on this and i want to give this out to this person like you're no one wants to like you want to help people but you don't want to you're inspired by them you're like cool that's cool i'm working on this song I'm not going to tell you about it until it's done and I have it recorded. That's awesome. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. So no, like it's a it's a definitely twofer. I feel like as a normal goddamn red blooded human being, I feel like uh, muses are inspired by uh, large sweeps in emotion. They're inspired by people who. Um, who are probably very emotional in all these other ways that are, can be manic, can be whatever, because they need the inspiration. I need to hear eye of the tiger so I can run up these steps. I need right. to do this. You know, I need to be, have my heart broken so I can write achy, breaky heart. Shout out, shout out to Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> 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 Thought you'd appreciate that, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, but those are like weak-minded people. Those are the normal person, like, and but not weak-minded. It's like if you are constantly going and constantly doing your own thing, like, oh, cool, I saw, like, yeah, I saw a sunset, and I, you know, like, brother is, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I heard, like, I see things and it reminded me of this. I thought of my home, my family, and it reminded me of, you know, and I wrote this song about seeing my family on the beach and I seen like it was you know different inspiration it was it was it was an inspiration not a muse you know what I mean like there's a difference and I feel like muses are all right that's your muse when she leaves you you're going to cut an ear off and send it to her that's what I feel about a muse (laughs) sometimes they're not very amusing Let's uh, let's do a shot and uh, get into our first segment of the evening. What do you think? Oh, thank God! I was waiting for you to say let's do shots because we got all this alcohol out here, um, folks. This is a good time to let you know uh, we're brought to you by Instacart. Um, they're the ones who make all of my drinking possible because I don't leave the house to get booze. Instacart makes Pete drunk on Thursdays. Thanks, Instacart. Thanks, Bing. Instacart. I'm hoping because John, here's the deal. I know for a fact a lot of people say, like, oh, if we talk about these things, we're gonna get sponsorship. We're not gonna get sponsorship. I'm hoping and praying we get a cease and desist. <laughs> like <laughs> if we get a cease and desist and we put the, like we have made it, like, oh, oh, you got canceled on stereo, motherfucker. We got a cease and desist from Instacart. You're welcome. <laughs> Boom. Oh, but we'd have to get the P.O. box first. Never mind. Keep going. Uh, I, I could see Disney is the first to uh, first to mail us at our new P.O. box. <laughs> oh, no. Dear I'm sir a, or madam. I love Be Some Disney. I'm going hard in the paint in Instacart because I, we are associating them specific with, with drunken debauchery and enablement. And nobody, nobody wants to be in, invited, involved with enablement and the juxtaposition of such. Nobody. You you you're you're the muse of Instacart. Damn straight. I'm I actually more of the poster child. Hey man, do you not have a shirt and can't get into markets? Well call Instacart. They'll bring you booze to your drunken house with no shirts, <laughs> no shoes, no fucking problem. Instacart. Let's, <laughs> let's get hammered. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> 
like a jet. <laughs> More likely. Um, what did you do before Instacart? What did you do before? Yeah. How did you get anything oh, before bro. deliveries? Instacart, any delivery services? How did you get stuff before that? Dude. Okay. So I, I was a big purveyor of the local Circle K. Um, not only could I get my gas, my cigarettes, my Red Bull, my beer, they also have liquor, but that was before I was on, because my body's a temple and I was trying to lose weight. So I didn't want to drink all the beer. So now it's just, I'm a drunken svelte motherfucker. <laughs> I'm beautiful. and <laughs> um, But the, uh, but then it was like a lot of times, cause you're out like at that time I was going out all the time. You know what I mean? Like for, I've, I've only been out to the bars like, and it's like, ah, it just, it feels weird now. It's like all the people you used to know. And like, now I just a bar fly. Like I'm, I ain't trying to go talk to people. This is bullshit. God damn it. Where's the people I used to do shots with? Like all my bartenders are gone. Like it's the hard thing of like becoming a couple years later when, cause all the bars closed here and they like a lot of them reopened like new bartenders and like, or you hit the wrong shift. Your one, your one bartender is like, Oh no, I only work. Fridays and Saturdays, prime time. And like, I'm not coming out for that. Right. They have no time for you anyway. Exactly. At that point, it's very different. So, but when you were out and about, you'd also like, cool, let's go and hit the, any of the restaurants. I'm like, oh, we got, and you always have like drunken leftovers. <laughs> like that was, my fridge was full of drunken, like you guys want pizza or half of a sandwich or it looks like that's chicken. Nope. That's rotten cheese. Never mind. Don't eat that. <laughs> Put in the chili. It should work out. It should work out. That's fine. You, you cook it down. Anything. Yeah, you cook it down. What we call it, we, we reduce it. Reduce it. I've been watching a lot of cooking shows. Reduce the rotten cheese and serve it to the children. Hey, and uh, we want to thank you for that question there, uh, Jet, uh, the representative of Instacart. <laughs> <laughs> they're oh. on it's already pete they're on it's already i told you there's algorithms for this shit i've been saying this bro i've been saying this uh if you look at so anyone out there john we didn't do the whole because it was just a very weird vibe uh, anyways listen we're we're live right now on youtube every thursday we go live on youtube we say five o'clock it never happens at five o'clock because oh uh, the world is against us uh we shake our fists at the heavens and say is it all you can do and the world says oh no motherfuckers I got more for you. <laughs> and it takes us about 20 minutes to get on. But if you hit that link right above us right now on the top of our, if you're listening on stereo, you can go live and see our beautiful faces. <laughs> Yikes. Um, if you're listening on an Apple uh, podcast, uh, on a two-way, on a smoke signal, on like maybe a, a raven that's flying from Winterfell to Citadel, you can also find us on stereo or email us at twosidedpod at gmail.com it's twosidedpod at gmail.com tell your raven extra hurries because we need those coming quick and our youtube channel is two-sided podcast two sided podcast uh, i know i just I, I have so many jokes to make because like we're starting a thing like, well, we should name it different things in different places. Of course we should. We'll call it the two-sided podcast 
full of unicorns and bullshit <laughs> dolphins with rainbow sprinkles. Perfect. They'll always see that coming. Because anytime I tell people, like, oh, go on the Spotify, like, we can't find it. We can't find it. Like, look for a dumb ginger and uh, a glasses Jesus. Well, no, <laughs> Halo's gone now. Anyway, I digress. Can we? S- <sighs> I digress. Hi, my name is My Boy Pete, and I'd like to talk to you on behalf of Instacart. Their motto is stay your drunk ass at home. We'll bring you more. <laughs> right? Now back to the show. Bro, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is, this is how the first time I ordered Instacart, he came up, he delivered me booze, and the guy said, I said, how much do I owe you? And he said, first one's free. <laughs> it was uh, the same. It's the same time. He's like, you want to fly? Yeah, I do. Do you want do you want to fly but not leave the house? Yeah. Welcome to Instacart. Okay. <laughs> there's a, okay. There's a good joke here, John. And I can't think of it quick enough. Ah, god damn it. No, no one says. <laughs> you know where I'm going. No this. one says they want to be an Instacart junkie when they grow up. Right. It, sh- it shows me like falling down the stairs with no shoes on, holding the balls. Oh, you don't need to check my ID, do you? <laughs> stupid. Ah, uh, uh, stupid. Speaking of stupid, we're going to talk tonight about Kellogg's Utopia. Kellogg's Utopia. Okay. Um, um, it's, it's really fun when you put words together because if you're talking about Kellogg, uh, the, the actual human person who started the Kellogg company. Uh, John Harvey Kellogg. Correct. Indeed. Back in the time, because this was back when there was a whole health crisis that came up with the Seventh Adventists. Um, okay, so we're talking that, but you're also saying the word utopia, which has yeah. nothing to do with Seventh Adventists, breakfast cereal, or John Kellogg. So it has a little bit to do with John Kellogg himself because it's something that he actually tried to create. Uh, well, tried to create. I tried to create a great show, John. Doesn't mean that my boy Pete's two sided utopia exists. You don't get to throw <laughs> words together. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's really good. All right. All right. All right. John Kellogg, I'm ready. Here we go. So a little bit of a backstory. In 1888, the powerful Michigan Central Railway erected a Romanesque train station in a remote hamlet in southwestern Michigan called Battle Creek. It was built to accommodate the multitude of health-seeking pilgrims flocking from all over the U.S. and Europe to, quote, take the cure, end quote, at the town's luxurious Battle Creek Sanatorium which, although founded in in 1866, was officially opened as the Western Health Reform Institute on September 5th of 1867. Right. No, and that, that, well, because they're coming there because that was run by, you saw, I mean, you want to go back further than that, that was like the the Adventist church and the, 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 um, the good word and how to live your mind, body, soul, 
collectively and like, oh, don't, don't, don't smoke, don't drink, don't pierce your ears, don't buy a bicycle, don't do these like all these different specific weird things. It's like, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So we got a train station to come to do some weird shit at a weird medical thing. It's like us yep. right now building a train station uh, so we can go to um, the Peyote Way Church of God for a nice cleansing. So it turns out all roads, all train roads lead to Peyote Way Church of God so you can get your Peyote Way enema. And everybody's going there. It's a new big thing. So here we are in Battle Creek, Michigan, 1888. Railway station built. Gotcha. Some famous pa, uh, spa patients included John D. Rockefeller Jr., uh, Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Amelia Earhart, Warren G. Harding, and Booker T. Washington and Sojourner Truth. So you're saying all these ones and I hear like my mind like <laughs> Amelia Estevez, <laughs> Warren G. Tupac. <laughs> what? This is ridiculous. It's like Coachella in Battle Creek, Michigan. Go ahead. <laughs> it, you could you could relate it. It was like a Battle Creek a Coachella back well, in the eighteen hundreds. Full on, because I was saying of the whole they had the the uh, what do they call him? The fucking fake Tupac. He rapped after he was dead at a Coachella. A hologram. Hologram. God damn it! It takes a village to raise this guy. Whew. Sorry, I'm going to shut the fuck up and you let you go for a minute because I need to figure this out. Go ahead. 1888. Right. Battle Creek, Michigan, right. folks. I don't, let, me, let me sum up. No, no. We're too far along to sum up. Let me just reiterate. 1888. Battle Creek. Railroad Station. Michigan. Go. So unlike other uh, um, uh, spa, resort, uh, uh, sanatoriums, um, that had warm mineral baths like in uh, Weisbaden or the saintly waters of the Lourdes, the Battle Creek Sanitarium, uh, affectionately known as the sand, possessed no natural physical charms for restoring health. Instead, it became a world-renowned destination of health and healing thanks to the charismatic mi uh, ministering of its director, John Harvey Kellogg, MD. This guy is a medical celebrity. He's a best-selling author. He's a magazine editor, a skilled surgeon, public health expert, popular speaker, and Seventh-day Adventist Christian missionary, as gives, pointed out by my boy Pete. Gives great back rubs, uh, slow to anger, easy to laugh, fun to go on road trips with, great sense of music, can't stand to dance, but will do it on a whim. Great guy all around. And cereal, don't get me started. So he was only five feet, four inches tall, rotund yet athletic, and dressed entirely in white. The, he uh, had uh, spectacles on, uh, a pointy bearded physician uh, that proclaimed God had chosen him to make the world a healthier place. Yeah. I, well, Does that sound uh, familiar at all there? My no, there, there? There's a lot because, number one, it sounds like uh, if uh, Colonel Sanders and Jim Belushi had a baby, and then they dressed him up as a Christian and they gave him my personality and said, Hey, I'm here to make the world a funnier place. Screw you guys. It sounds like all of us coming together. Like that's a trifecta. Is that, mm. am I part of the Godhead with the Belushi, the Sanders and, and the, my boy Pete? That's right. 
That's correct. Wow. That's our next <laughs> that's our next merch, John. The trifecta. Uh, so uh, many uh, um, uh, journalists who were maybe uh, a little cynical mocked Kellogg's followers as calling them battle freaks, you know, which, you know, Battle Creek, battle freaks. They were making a nice play on words. We all love that. But that hardly mattered because whenever he spoke, it was standing room only. only. And without question, only. Kellogg was one of the most famous physicians in the United States at this time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right there. He, he did. <sighs> okay, so I grew up. I grew up around Adventists, and no, like so. Kellogg was like, yeah. I have some very I, uh, all the things going back, and like the history of, and where it comes from, and where. Uh, there's a lot of things I'm going to uh, and then stop myself and like, you'll need to continue because like literally I'll go down a weird fucking path and no one will understand. It's like, and then we were speaking in tongues and they made me get bit by a snake. And I was like, who gets bit by a snake? So like, wash your feet. It was like, that's crazy. Let's not eat meat, but we'll have Kellogg loaf. And that's really weird. And like all of that shit will take hours to unpack. All right. None of it's true. So let's right, right, right. But it will take hours to unpack. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We only have 20 minutes. uh, Let's move forward. Uh, In one of the uh, nearby buildings of the main uh, sanitarium, uh, there was an, um, were eight white tiled indoor pools and hundreds of baths that would have made the ancient Romans jealous. Down the hall from the bathrooms was Kellogg's uh, Sanctum Sanctorum. Sanctum Sanctorum. uh, The enema room. That. Stuffed with gleaming enema machines that could Sick. be pointedly delivered 15 quarts of water per minute into the human colon. Bro, 15? I don't do with nothing but less than 18 right now. And the thing is, I use either cold black coffee or um, white Russians, depending on how I'm feeling yeah. that day. Uh, if, if I'm doing the white Russians, I swallow. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Kellogg ordered his patients to produce four or more bowel movements per day, just like uh, the healthy apes he had once observed while on safari in Africa. Uh, he was the son of a broom manufacturer. Uh, Kellogg was uh, obsessed with bodily cleanliness, both external and internal. If the water enemas were not enough, he ordered his patients to consume a pint of yogurt each day, followed yes. by. A yogurt enema. Yes! Bro, when's the last time you put your feet into a bowl of jelly? Because (laughs) we're now just talking like on different sense. Like, oh, do you like to have a hamburger that has crisp bacon and melty weird cheese and a toasted bun? Now you're talking texture. Do you like to put your toes in jello? With pineapples in it, maybe fruit. I don't know. Do you like to put yogurt in your butt? All we are doing is negotiating. That is all we are doing. (laughs) So throughout his career, Kellogg warned that consuming meat was the gastronomic equivalent of a death wish. He was a vegetarian long before the term was coined. Kellogg uh, developed his uh, 
dietetic theories in protest against the era's standard uh, fare of fatty, salted meats and fried foods. In keeping with his philosophy of wellness and disease prevention, or as he called it, quote, biological living, Kellogg insisted on daily vigorous exercise, plenty of fresh air, and complete abstinence from sex, alcohol, caffeine, and tobacco. One of his most popular books, Tobaccoism, published in 1922, is considered uh, by many medical historians to be the first popular text alerting Americans to the dangers of tobacco smoking. Yeah, folks, and this is the time that we'd like to thank our sponsors, Marijuana Weed, and all the carcinogens that they bring to the table. Folks, this is the time on the Two-Sided Pod where we rebel against our forefathers and say sanatorium, I say sanitarium, and I say Santa, no, I won't yum. Let's smoke them if we got them. And, John, I have a shot ready, so we're doing both, too. Cheers, everybody. Okay, we're... Yep, and then you gotta go here. Come on, come on, Cheers. come on, beak, come on, beak it a beak, Boink. Mm. All right, fuck him. Starting to get good. So no, it's, it's dad... not starting to good. No, it's not starting to get good because no, John. The only thing I'm gonna say, fuck you. Well, ah, we haven't got. Uh, uh, okay, go, go, go. I gotta have the right timing for it because there's it's coming up. I know, I know. It's, uh, so, it's so funny because. Of all the, the different thing, uh, um, segments that I brought to you, you seem to know so much about this. This is like, this do, is deep in your bones. Do you have no idea? Did, did you or did you not hear our conversation before we had our technical difficulties, before we fucking got this sh- curse word, got this show started? <laughs> I'm going to give, uh, folks, I'm trying to. All right, but I got like seven curse words in. But this one, this one's, uh, this one we're trying to put into the Smithsonian, and they said you need to be, um, because of your intellect, you need to be in the children's show category, but you can't curse. And John's like, not a problem. And I said, uh, oh darn. Okay. <laughs> Since his death in 1943, Kellogg has gained a reputation as something of a comical quack. Due in part to his portrayal uh, of his portrayal in um, Boyle's 1993 novel *The Road to Wellville* and the movie of the same name with Anthony Hopkins as the good doctor. Right, right, because, and that's the thing. Okay, and here's here's the rub. Here's what I get, and here's ah, this is the first time because John, you didn't experience this. You grew up in Arizona. You went from Arizona to New York. You were you were an educated man among edu- people who were trying to become educated, who had were forward thinking. <laughs> Do you remember when the CrossFit or vegan or yoga, those three big trends came through? Yep. And always the jokes were like, Hey, how do you know if you met a vegan? They'll tell you. How do you know if you met? They'll tell you. They'll right? tell you. They'll yeah. te- this, was, this was the first time when it was very, it's that I'll tell you, that kind of bullshit. And I grew up with that around me of like, uh-huh. 
However, and this is the, this is the rub for me. This is the rub because I'm like, man, look at it. Like, I, cool. It is better if you CrossFit. It is better if you're vegan. It is better if you sure. yoga. It is better if you do enemas. It is better if you abstain from these enema. things. John, I, I, if you don't have chunks on the bottom and do the enema with just clear, it's way good. If you have chunks on the bottom, like brown sugar and cinnamon, don't put that up in your butthole. That's what we learned day one in Kellogg school. However, I'm just saying this is the first time we get this, this, this concept of like, God damn, just shut up. But it is correct. But just shut up. up. Shut up. Yep. Once you hit cereal, John, I have a, another story. Go. I'm waiting for cereal. Go. As a, a, a progenitor of the cereal product that would eventually be eaten by millions, Dr. John Kellogg's granola was originally served as a medicinal food at his Battle Creek sanitarium. That, with that, Kellogg was a disciple of Horace Fletcher, a dubious health expert who advised people to chew each bite of food at least 40 times before swallowing. Kellogg often led uh, dinners, uh, diners at the sanitarium in a rousing rendition of the chewing song, according to the me medical historian Howard Markle. So, so no, can, can, you, you went through that very, very quickly. Can you go back and say who said what to do what and take a breath yeah. in between so I can hear that and like have a retort and just hear because I'm I had something about it. I think it could not be possible at all. Sure. Dr. John Kellogg's granola was originally served as a medicinal food at his Battle Creek sanitarium. Okay. With that, Kellogg was the disciple of Horace Fletcher. Horace Fletcher. Who was the health expert who advised people to chew each bite of food at least forty times before swallowing? Forty Kellogg times. Himself, forty uh, times before swallowing. Forty times before swallowing. Horace Fletcher, his wife. I, no, there's nothing there, John. See, now you can move on. Kellogg often led diners at the sanitarium in a rousing rendition of the chewing song. Which uh, the the sample chorus of this is, chew chew chew, that is the thing to do. Um, it was uh, shown in the 2017 book, The Kellogg's, the battle bro battling brothers of Battle Creek. Yeah, yeah, but that's a whole. That, okay. Are you listing your footnotes now, John? Are we taking that time because we thought we were pausing for in between comments? I don't know. I'm just checking. Well, so this is an no, 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 no. I'm asking. Uh, no, no. I, no, that's in-source citation, folks. We're going to write that down next to Horace Fletcher's name and his very excessively masticating wife, who does everything at least forty times before she swallows. Folks, there you go. You're getting better. I'm trying to, but if you just give me space to breathe, because internal. God damn it! I had the good other joke about what was the other one about Horace Fletcher? Fuck! I didn't write it down. You know what? I give. Dealer out, folks. This is where this is where things start. Usually, he's usually right after this one, but apparently John's been drinking too much, or didn't eat enough food, or wasn't hugged enough, or too much as a child. We don't know. Let's continue the show. Nineteen oh seven ad in Good Housekeeping magazine. The Battle Creek Sanitarium boasted an offering of forty six different kinds of baths. Uh, some like 
foot baths and sponge baths were relatively conventional, but there were also options like the continuous bath, which what was year? much what year? Uh, nineteen oh seven. Good housekeeping was around in nineteen oh seven, John. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the earlier magazines. Okay, all right. No, I'm just I'm just trying to clarify because I, you like to run on like a goddamn sentence with no like you're being paid by the word and you're being penalized for the the punctuation and i feel like this is how run-on sentences this is you know what john it reminds me of old willie shakey's willie shakespeare's where he said the first show he said pay me by the word and they said okie dokie and the second one he said oh i digress <laughs> Nathaniel Hawthorne ain't gonna got shit on me. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. So talk uh, talking about the continuous bath, which is much like a regular regular bath, except that it could last. Kellogg wrote, "quote For many hours, days, weeks, or months, as the case may require." End quote. So the patients were apparently allowed to get out of the occasion, uh, get out of the bath occasionally to use the toilet. But that's basically it. So uh, Kellogg advocated continuous baths as a treatment for skin disease, no. chronic diarrhea, and a host no. of mental uh, maladies, no. including delirium, hysteria, and mania. No, 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 no. First off, first off, <laughs> everybody knows now you don't get out of the tub to use the bathroom now. It's like everyone's like, hey, you have more cocktails. Turn the bubbles up. and like, But maybe... That works for delirium or dementia. If you have diarrhea, they will know. So I highly recommend getting out of the tub, <laughs> going to a different tub. Um, but the, you know what? The thing is, when they're talking about that in Good Housekeeping in 1907, it r- reminds me um, um, when, when, when Burt Reynolds was in Cosmo. It, just, it was a spark of a new idea. It was, it was, it was something something special in the world you know john it's a new it's a new way to think it's a new way to dress it's a new way to eat it's a new way to poop let's just move on now you're talking about cosmos the uh carl sagan uh series i'm talking about when burt reynolds had a full nude centerfold with just his hand over his junk in cosmo cosmopolitan magazine is what you're referring to Right, no, Carl Sagan and, and Burt Reynolds had a tryst once in Hawaii, and we don't <laughs> talk about that. And if you were a gentleman and a scholar, you would know that that's uh, forbidden. That's German for so, no touchy, no touchy. A zealous lifelong foe of what he called, quote, the solitary vice and, quote, the vile practice, Kellogg wrote that masturbation led to poor digestion, memory loss, impaired vision, heart disease, epilepsy, and insanity, to name just a few insidious side effects. To break young boys of the habit, Kellogg suggested uh, procedures that range from ridiculous to barbaric, including tying their hands, bandaging the offending organ, or putting a cage over it. I kid you not. And if that didn't work, he Uh, recommended circumcision without anesthetic. Yeah, John. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know how you grew up, John. But I'm saying all of these things are... 
pretty much guaranteed to cure touching your pee-pee. <laughs> what I'm oh. just telling you that you're going to grow hairy palms or that you're going to go blind or something. Holy crap. No, he, I want you to know he said that. That was in the thing. He said not only will it call, cause blindness, heart disease, uh, alopecia, it'll cause your intestines <laughs> to grow by 17 feet or shrink by 92. We do not know. Touch that wang, you going dang. I mean, that's down in the South. We don't know. But, John, it reminds me, John, John, it reminds me. Okay, you see my arms, John? John, John, you see my arms? Yeah, they're straight. I do. They're straight. They're straight like arrows. They're straight like arrows. Right, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a good analogy. And it's like, I, I know for a fact that when my, my uncles and my dad were growing up, Two of them were thumb suckers. I'm not going to say it's runs in our family. Right. So I'm not going to say it's my dad or the uncles because there's a lot of them. But anyway, who fucking cares? But grandma, to stop them, would take popsicle sticks and sharpen them so they'd be like little daggers. And she'd take, tape them here into their arms. So if they tried to pull, they'd get stabbed. Like, uh, 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 uh. So, yeah, no, the chastity belt of a little cage, yeah, it'll work. Yeah. And if it didn't work, he recommended circumcision without anesthetic. Quote, as the brief pain attending the operation will have a solitary effect upon the mind, he wrote in his book, Plain Facts for Old and Young. 100%. 100%. Like, again... Again, the words are correct. If you have extreme pain, and I'm not saying like this is the one to do the thing of the whatever, you have extreme pain, it will focus your mind if you don't pass out. Whatever that is. You when you did your fucking back shit. Yep. Any any shoulder dislocation, when I was shot, like any of those, anything. Yep. But the thing is, it can be anything. And in addition, yeah, you should definitely be circumcised because that's gross if you're not. It looks like a goddamn midget putting on a turtleneck. What the fuck is that? Hello? But the um, without anesthetics? Well, yeah, because you should have known better, or at least your parents should have known better, and now you can yell at them when you go home and all that pain. You should have <laughs> taught me better. So Kellogg did have even more because, because No, no, but John, let me just, and I know you probably don't know this, you, or maybe you do know this, but you're not making the correlation, unfortunately, because with the Seventh-day Adventist religion, it's very based on the, the, the Jewish, where it's everyone's circumcised, where it's very because of cleanliness, because of, right. and it's specific to that. So... Him saying these things, it means you're that you are a convert or you are not already part of. It's a right. way to to make a. It reminds me when I was working at Nexium, and I was doing these very, really good trainings, and I was uh-huh. like, if you don't, if you don't get that brand, then you ain't gonna stand. <laughs> so, and we did a lot of rhyming, but they weren't good. Um, Turns out that- I, I, I worked for him, but I was just doing the cold calls in, in the telephone center. I was like, you like volleyball? 
Hey, check this out. Hey, 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 you like volleyball? Hey, come on over. No, 100%. And that's how they got that whole college scandal thing of like, oh, now you're on the rowing team. Now you're on the volleyball team. It was a Nexium plant. Like, buddy, you're next. You better watch out, Edward Massimo. Like, if you're Aunt Kate, you're fucked, John. You better watch out, baby. Woo! Okay. That's a tough ride there. I think we all. So, yeah. But Kellogg sure. uh, had an even more gruesome set of treatments for girls, including the application of pure carbolic acid to the clitoris or, in more extreme Come cases, on. surgical removal. Uh, for those treatments are practiced, uh, a few of those treatments are practiced today, thankfully. And in most cases, um, but he did live to the uh, uncommon age of that time. 91 suggesting that he did know a couple of things about staying healthy he just forced it upon people in very unhealthy ways yeah yeah welcome to christianity john like i don't i don't i don't know if you get the 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 whole correlation here but what is right and what is good are very, very rarely aligned in in everyone's views. There's a universal right, and then there is subjective right. And you look at, like, okay, like, uh, what is the whole... um, would you, would you kill one person to save a thousand that you don't know? Like, but you have to look someone in the eye and kill them. It's that whole, like, like, all right, so what is good versus for the, for one versus good for the many versus. So here's someone who, who picks different than us or correct than us. I don't know. Cause I, I've never been able to answer that question with a, a specific answer like it's a it's a goddamn two-hour conversation of me yelling right and like smoke a pack and a half like we got to go to the bar this is bullshit we got to get to the bottom of this let's get some let's get a test group we'll kill four of them and we'll see if we want to let the rest of them live no it's fine they'll be in the well we'll put the lotion on the skin we have a little poodle here it'll be fine it's it's uh it's uh, you've said this before for any major advance in medicine in in culture in many ways in in morality there has to be a monster to Correct. set it against Correct. And, and sometimes the monster is the one who actually shows the the innovation it does horrible things to innocent people but, but the innovation then and the medicine and or procedures that come out of it are actually extremely Ooh. useful and have advanced uh, so much john oh my god okay no that you're throwing my words back at me because i did more research on that because i tune in and out a lot of my own words i, I <laughs> also my own consciousness it's like i'm in the kitchen what the fuck oh my god i'm chasing this guy oh nope he's chasing me it's very <laughs> Just keep very touch and go. You'll be fine. Right. It's yeah. very touch and go. Very touch and go. But that the idea of um, because there are all of these people who have made these amazing advancements medically who have been or or socially or anything, but they've been 
fucking awful people. You know what I mean? But you look at, no, I can't even say it. I can't. There's, there's doctors. Okay. There's doctors who have done horrible things and I'm not condoning any, like, I don't condone this shit. Just so you don't, I don't condone Kellogg. Right. So that's my, that's my jump point. I don't condone this. I don't condone anything that makes anyone do anything they're not willing to do. Like I'm willing to put like, let's put flyers up and do dance competitions and have like free concerts, but no Kool-Aid with poison is my thing. (laughs) I'm very specific. So don't get it twisted. But if you look at the Kellogg's of the world, you look at the people who are like, Oh no, here's, uh, Madame Curie, you look at people who are now having specific, who have done lobotomy van. The right. Lobotom- right. Just fuck, man. Then you take them, juxtapose them with Mangala and, um, and people who are like, well, what is the human body susceptible to? Like, no, motherfucker. That's l- like, none of it is okay. Yep. But Someone got a shit stick because they were on the wrong. No, definitely the wrong side. But I think everyone is the wrong side. But they were on the side that did not rewrite the history. Right now, we're reading. We're writing. We're reading the 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 report of the history that has won, and this is how this Kellogg has been written in our society. Right, because uh, fuck John, I can go. Uh, that's a whole different thing. I'm not even going to different people. Uh, okay, basic broad examples. Okay, go, go, go. No, we're doing good. So, we're doing good. So I have one more, one more thing on Kellogg uh, before just talking about him and this cereal um, and and how that became popular. But uh, Kellogg was an outspoken was outspoken on his beliefs on race and segregation though he himself adopted a number of black children. In 1906, together with Irving Fisher and Charles Davenport, Kellogg founded a Race Betterment Foundation, which became a major center of the new eugenics movement in America. Kellogg was in favor of racial segregation and believed that immigrants and non-whites would damage the the gene pool. Fuck you. Sorry, not you. Go ahead. Nope, nope, I get it. And that's it. I, I don't really, like, we don't need to talk more on that. Yeah, it was horrible. Okay, moving on. John Harvey Kellogg invented the cornflake cereal for the in, involuted people who came to his Battle Creek sanator, sanitarium. It was his little brother, Will, though, who realized, you know, there are a lot more people who are healthy and just want a convenient, tasty breakfast uh, than those who are ill and in need of easily digestible breakfast. So he had added a little sugar, added a little salt to the cornflakes, and it just took the world by storm in 1906 because you could simply pour breakfast out of a box. Yeah, no. And the thing is, uh, oh, John, you gave me two jokes because I have something actually to say, but you can just pour breakfast out of a box. But if you buy actively enough kilos of cocaine you can pour the cocaine out of a box and you can call it breakfast yeah <laughs> you want some cocaine oh shit he's back no thank you joke. speedies 
Thank you, Speedies. Yeah, <laughs> Lightning Guy went out to go found Speedies, our breakfast joint that also serves cocaine. All right, it takes all kinds. Uh, no, it, but I see, I forgot the actual point I was going to make because I was all about fucking Speedies and the cocaine joints jokes now. <laughs> like, I've lost my interest. So he didn't really think of it as something that could be marketable. His younger brother, Will, did. And oh, there we it. go. There we go. So, so John, 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 let me tell you how much cornflakes influenced my childhood in a, such a horrible way. So when I became aware of book learning, that I, I wanted to more, know more of it so I could hate more on an intellectual level. <laughs> that is how I became aware of John Harvey Kellogg. Also John Wilkes Booth. It's a two. Right, yeah. Whatever. I like three oh, part John names. Three namers. Oh. Yeah. Oh, John, the three namer I am. I am. No, before. No, that's Henry the eighth. I am. I am. I'm also mute, not musically inclined. Anyway. Would I be, would I be one of those? John L. Peacock? Yeah, no, I'm, if you didn't hate guns or concentration as much as you do, I would honestly have pegged you <laughs> in college for a fucking, oh, no, that motherfucker? Yeah, he's going to climb a clock tower and thin out the population for sure. But it's like, no, he doesn't like guns. He's not mechanically inclined. He doesn't like stepping and walking. And he's, he's very accepting of people's shortcomings. Yeah, no, he's not going to kill anyone. We're going to kill him. We're going to get his ass. Might influence a couple of minds before I go. That's that's no, my you, big you, contribution. Bro, you you definitely are, but but we I don't know if you knew this, but all of us in college without you in theater formed a pack. We lit a bonfire, we burned things and said, "I know what John Peacock's going to do on his last summer." <laughs> And we're all going to get him. So if you see random people from your past, hey, John, what's up, man? Do you want to hang out? It's like, watch for the gun. Watch for the quick movie. Yeah. Watch for the meat hook. <laughs> of course, we'll go to the packing district with he's you. Called West, he's called Crazy West for a reason. Oh, Ammon? Yeah, I'll go to the packing district with you. Of course, I like meat freezers. You bet. <laughs> no. Nothing. He's fine. Nope. So, John, Crappy. so let me tell you the fucking Kellogg cornflake cereal affected my childhood. And this is why I, this is why I was so interested in like, who the fuck do you think, who the swear word do you think you are? <laughs> you come into my swear word life, you tell my swear word mom. That this is what we should swear word eat. I'm swear word and dying that you think you can swear word talk to me like this. Because of the no meat, because of the no alcohol, because of the no jewelry, because of the no things. The fun thing, we were in a German group religiously, but German. So like there was great like cheese blintzes and Kugen and schnitzel. But the schnitzel was not meat. It was Vegemite. Fuck you. I hated schnitzel until I was 22 because I thought it was all vegetarian. I was very angry about schnitzel. <laughs> However, 
cheese blitzes. Those are cheese and pasta. It's like a goddamn ravioli for for Germans. I'm with it. Delish. One of the things they had every every goddamn party, every picnic, every potluck, every everything was special K loaf. And it was or but when you didn't have special K because they would say the secret is it's cornflakes. <laughs> and I was like, that's the first time I wanted to swallow a bullet. And I was seven years old. This was the worst. Horrible. No, but I'm, that's, that's a joke. You should never want to do that. But also, that's why I was like, who is this goddamn mystical man who, I don't want to eat the cereal in the morning. And now you made it into a goddamn lunch and dinner meal. And all the old ladies are trading recipes with, is this what, is this what I read from Iceberg Slim's book, Pimp? <laughs> you got to get in with them hoes. You got to let them know, like, girl, vegetarians the way to go. Oh, you want to poop right? Oh, girl, you're going to poop right like a motherfucker. Vegetarian style. Shout out to Iceberg Slim. I'm telling you what. I'll take that one. Oh, that's the only one I'm not going to argue with you on. Iceberg Slim gets a gets a fucking every every time, baby. So John, as the older brother, never missed an opportunity to pick on or humiliate his younger brother Will from childhood on. And in his old age, Will said, "I remember most about my what I remember most about my childhood is that I shared a bed with John, and he would warm his cold feet." on my back during the winter and he would push him uh, and he would push him and make fun of him. This was his childhood. And of course, then Will Wilt worked for John uh, for almost 25 years as, uh, at, in an, as an administrative aide. And John did all sorts of mean things. He had him run beside him as John rode his bike across the campus and Will had to take notes or dictation whenever John was speaking. And when John went to the bathroom uh, to have a bowel movement, which he loved so much, he made Will come in and take notes so he wouldn't waste a moment long before LBJ was doing that to all of his White House aides. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm on a different level. I'm just thinking like, Anyone who's had a pet out there, who's had a something, and you go to take a shit, and like the door's closed, <laughs> but like no, the door doesn't close because the dog wants to come sit on your foot, or the cat wants to come and like stand above you on the shelf. Like, uh-huh. I-, I believe they were the first. Again, John, I don't think it's correct. I think it's correct. The the the, the bastions of correct poop, like. We didn't have cell phones back then. You can't get to play fucking any of your games. You need an animal. You need uh, someone to take notes. You need someone to talk to. Like, all right, tell me about the news of the day. I, it just, I know, but now you're hung up on like, oh, your pants are down. Like, will it make you better, feel better if you took your pants down? No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Awful. 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 So John also didn't pay well, uh, Will well, and he didn't treat Will well. 
Yet Will was this business genius who knew how to run a very large organization. So as soon as Will became successful, John Harvey sold him the rights and made a mint off the cornflake stock. Will started making his own cereal and calling it Kellogg's. And of course, Will by this time had advertised a fare thee well. This was around the beginning of 1909. And he was investing millions of dollars a year in ads. And he felt that Kellogg name product was not nearly as tasty as his product. He, uh, um, so it would harm his company. So to some extent, uh, to a large extent, he was right. So he sued John Harvey about the, the damage of the name. And then John Harvey sued Will pursuing him with a, with a countersuit. So this became a huge rivalry between the Kellogg brothers of the cereal, how much it was making, how much it was being harmed by John Harvey's antics and how much Will was trying to separate himself from it. Yeah. 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 Crazy, crazy begets crazy begets crazy. I'm telling you, John, once you get that, like, Oh, now there's a God complex into something like there's a health again. It's kind of correct. But then you're like, because, and you start doing it for the things, the wrong reasons. Like now you're insane. There's a, there's, it's a fine line, bro. Grass is greener yeah. on the other side. As long as the bowls are being packed. That's what I always say. <laughs> so final note, uh, the ripple effect is, uh, C.W. Post visited Battle Creek Sanitarium operated by John Harvey Kellogg for his failing health. And there he was inspired to start his own cereal company based on the products used there, which we now know as Post Cereal. Right. And there's two scoops of raisins in every Post Cereal box. There's actually not. There's a lawsuit about that. And that's going to be in the follow-up <laughs> to the Kellogg post-conspiracy two-sided conundrum. Well, if you like what you're listening to, there's more two-sided out there. On our YouTube channel, Two-Sided Podcast, you can watch us live every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, as we record these episodes live here on the Stereo app. Um, uh, you can find us uh, uh, individually as John L. Peacock and my boy Pete. And also we're on uh, Instagram and Twitter, both at two sided pod. That's T W O sided pod. And finally, our Gmail is two sided at the uh, two sided pod at gmail.com T W O sided pod at gmail.com. All right. And let me go ahead and clarify a lot of things. One, you'll never find me on social media number two you will find me at closed down kmarts around and in your area <laughs> also if there's a sears i will be selling puppies in front of it you're welcome come find us there hit that subscribe and, hit that like button and we've gone viral so you can find us on apple Podcasts and spotify both of which you can rate us now so please follow us and rate us there five stars is uh you know, if you like it, why are you here anyway? Just rate us that. It doesn't hurt you. It only helps us. Right. And you can also find us on Grinder, Tinder, uh, Plenty of Fish, and you can rate us there. Swipe left, swipe right. And don't be afraid to subscribe to all of those fans-only <laughs> pages coming at you. 
on the two sided pod at gmail.com. That's TWO sided pod at gmail.com. We got some messages here. Let's I know, man. And we got to do it. And then the thing is, I'm, I'm because MFA got out and, and okay, she's back. Foxy's back. So I was like, I got to start texting people directly. Like, how dare hey, you? Hey, fellas, how you doing? <laughs> MFA here doing a segment on Kellogg's, huh? Excellent. Sorry, that's I'm late. Girl. Happy to be here. See, that's my girl. John, we got to think about this because John, 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 look at me. John, look at me. Don't look at me. Yeah. Look, I'm, I look at my lighting because it's getting dark now and it's getting very like, look at me. Dramatic. Hey. No, I know. Like, look at this side boob. What about this side boob? <laughs> it's a side what chin, my friend. That's a side no. chin. John, my boobs go all the way up to my beard. My beard <laughs> go to my boobs. I'm telling you what, baby. Um, Kate got nothing. Love it. Keep going. All right. Uh, I should I should I should be the one hitting the buttons. When I'm ready to I feel talk like you that. were talking about the hologram of Tupac. At yes. Yeah. Uh, never been. Not sure I want to go, but no, um, you do sounds not. cool. No, you do not. No, you do not. No, you do not. By the way, guys, hello everybody. That was rude of me. Sorry. <laughs> Lost my manners. They went rolling down the hill. Oh wait, did I smoke them with that doobie? I don't know. Could have been either way. Foxy, Foxy lady, girl, how you doing? <laughs> I'm so glad how she's you here. Doing? Like, because what I'm one of my favorite things about this two, these two, those two, them two, our two, our two, is that they tag team us. Like, like, all right, there's like show a little bit of support. Like he's like, oh, I gotta run this. And he's he's on the road. And she's doing her thing. Like. I just love it because someone's here representing. Represent? Yep. yep. Foxy. Foxy lady. MFA's back. Okay. Did you say you go, went to the kitchen and you didn't know how you got there? All right, John. I think it's time for us to call Instacart. Tell him Pete's done <laughs> for, for the night. <laughs> <laughs> That's what us alcoholics call a moment of clarity when you pop up in the kitchen and you realize I should be in the bathroom. Like, well, I'll get the maid to call this and clean it up. No, no bueno. Jokes, jokes. jokes. Yeah, baby. Corn flake chicken. Corn yep. flake pork chops. Yes. Crunch them babies up and add some spices. Oh, oh my God. It's like a breading. Brilliant. Okay. Okay, MF, so John, let me, oh, there's no, okay, thank God, there's no more, not thank God, <laughs> like, I love it, there's more, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have to cut you off, like, play another thing, but I'm going to tell MFA, because literally, girl, literally, I didn't know about cornflake chicken, because I grew up, cornflakes were, it was a vegetarian thing for me, like, I, I didn't equate the two, and so I didn't even think of, like, oh, you should do this to this thing, and so when I got involved in adult life and I was out of my house in a different house, it was a house of cards and it, it fell very quickly. However, I was there and I was, anyway, they, uh, I found there was a, um, 
it's chicken. You do chicken strips or chicken, like chicken thighs, chicken breasts or whatever. You can do whatever you want. What the, I mean, chicken, Look, do chicken. All right. And you do uh, buttermilk, sour cream uh, base with, uh, and you dip them in busted up Ritz crackers yeah. and you call, and you call it Ritzy chicken. And I was like, <laughs> burn on the Ritz. It was super like, it was, I was like, nah, shout I'm out chicken. to uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, shout out to speech impediments, John. I don't know what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I, it was so, no, it was, it was so tasty that I became speech, speech impedimized, John. <laughs> and now you're trying uh, to, now you're trying to equate it to some movie and shout out to some movie. Oh, now you're going to say, oh, Gene Wilder. Like, oh, maybe, maybe. See no evil, heal no evil. Like, oh, I see you, but you do not hear me. Shout out, <laughs> Richard Pryor. Boyle. What was it? What was his last name? Uh, his first name? Um, what are you talking about? Uh, who played the monster in Young Frankenstein? Boyle. Uh, Richard Boyle. Um... Oh, it's the dad no. from. No, it's yeah. not Boyle. It's the dad from uh, everybody. Everybody hates Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody's a Raymond. I believe it's Everyone. John. All, all the Raymonds are Raymonds. Hey, hey, if I were a Raymond, you were Raymond, we're all Raymond too. Hey, Shlemizel, Shamazel, Raymonds are us incorporated. We're going to do it. <laughs> On your market set, we got another. Lightning round. Lightning round. The lightning, lightning's calling. From lightning to lightning and the cause the lightning. I'm trying my best. I'm not figuring it out, but I'm really hoping lightning guy comes back next week because he had a big family emergency. <laughs> and I've been trying to be like, what? I can't do the voice. And I was like... Well, we had Tally oh. come in for a little bit. That was nice. He, he kind of uh, he he held up for Lightning Guy. I'm unsure what that means. I don't know. I'm, I'm... Yeah, I'm unless you're going to do it. Nope. That's is that is that what he said? When is that what we're doing? Is that where you're going? Is that you're doing that? No, that's what that's uh, he had, he he came earlier. I was doing a bad impersonation of him. Oh he no, was no, here no! Just just no. a couple minutes ago. Yeah. I I feel like I don't recall that, and so one of us is actually having either <laughs> a stroke. <laughs> but I do believe you because the, <laughs> the answer is yes. And no, no, you need. I promise you. I promise you, it's better to leave your microphone down and cough and have cancer because. It makes so much more noise when you do this and then this than if you just cough. Just just own it. Just like because we all if we're not gonna get the cancer on on film, John, then how are we gonna get the GoFundMe to get that cancer money, baby? That sweet, 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 sweet cancer money. So this lightning round is bizarro answers. It is our first alternate lightning round ever, and we're bringing no. it back as one of our first new ones after the year wait 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 wait. again 
and you, you just say those words that you just said because I was like, I was confused because first ever and never again and before, after. <laughs> like, wait, say, say all of those things. Say it again. The Bizarro Answers is where I ask Pete some questions and he no, answers no, in no, a John, way. No, John. No, John. <laughs> no, John. I wanted you to say the words you said before. I understand what Bizarro is, but your words like... To be for him are not of us before, but after, but later, because. And I saw you reading it. Read that motherfucker again, John. Read that motherfucker again. Not reading it. Uh, Bizarro Answers is the first lightning round that we've ever created as an alternate lightning round. And we are bringing it back uh, shortly after our year anniversary. So it's, uh, it's bringing back the old. In with the old, out with the new. That's what I. No, say. we did it before because we did we did that that it was the the bizarro. We did it like a month ago, and you blacked it out, and it was our first one, and we did it again. But it's the first one we did before, but after we stopped, and then later we're gonna do it again, but never again. Until then, let's move on. So, are oh, you ready for the questions, Bizarro, my boy Pete? Bizarro, my boy Pete, is lightning round. Come on, come on, come on, let's get down. I don't I really miss lightning, guy. I didn't know I ever I, would. I I know I do too because I don't like. I feel like you are lacking. I'm lacking. I feel like all we need is a lightning guy. But let's do it. Let's see if we can power through and then play some messages once we're done. Jesus, eight right. swear word. My uh, bizarre, my boy Pete. What is your favorite U.S. city? Hemet, California. <laughs> I don't need an explanation. That is perfect. <laughs> my bizarre, my boy Pete. What is your least favorite area of the U.S.? Sex town. Is there any more you can say about sex town and why you oh, don't yeah. like it so much? Oh, why well, don't like it? Ah, fuck. Nope. 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 Wait. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I can, but I won't. But great weather, nice people, super sexy. <laughs> How was that? I got confused. I got confused halfway through. <laughs> Question, my boy Pete. If you could only have one food for the rest of your life, and it was a cereal, (laughs) shredded wheat. Woo! (laughs) Not frosted shredded wheat. 
Because I want to poop. I want to poop right. Hey, you, John, I don't know if you know anything about John Kellogg. <laughs> One of the things about good, solid fiber, it helps you poop. And that, you know what? And if it has no flavor, it's going to make you want to eat more. Shredder wheat, final answer. Thanks. And finally, um, uh, Bizarro, my boy, Pete, do you consider yourself a muse, an artist who uses muses? No, no, remember, no, 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 no. Remember how we already had to establish how we go through these all at once? So I can't be held accountable for a three comma. How about the bizarre my boy Pete says, fuck you, John, we ain't answering shit unless you do it goddamn right. <laughs> See? Instead um, of swear word, swear word, swear word. Go ahead. In which ways do you resonate with the following statements? You as a muse, you as an artist who uses muses, and no, you John, as a self-inspired please. person. What is the first sentence? Muse. Are you a muse? No, John. I'm not a hero. I'm not something that be... Do you understand how I've been responding to you? Are you an idiot? You hear me, right? Right? Like, is that what we should hope or fucking swear word... Youth <laughs> become today, John. Is that what we hope? No, John. No, it's not funny, it's not ironic. And no, I'm not a muse. What's the next question for one sentence? Don't finish the Are other two. An artist who uses muses. I cannot make art unless I am musing. One of the things that I do, and some say that it's, okay, not some. I would say a lot of the, 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 the county, uh, counties in, in, in the state of California, San Bernardino, San Juan Keen, uh, Los Angeles, they say I can't follow my muses anymore. But how can I make art? So I have a whole thing going to the Supreme Court and I'm going to still follow my muses around so I can make sure I'm inspired by them because I can't art unless I'm getting mused up. So I'm all muse all the time, baby. What's the third question, John? Finally, are you self-inspired? Oh, see, John? It's a three-parter and we got the third one out of you in a heartbeat and a fucking smile. So, so John... Am I self-inspired? No. I can't get out of bed unless I <laughs> unless I'm thinking about that 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 muse I saw from the bushes outside the muse's window the other night. I said, you know what, Muse? No restraining order can stop my love or my art. Not in self-inspired. <laughs> John. Uh, I always like when my uh, when uh, Bizarro Moibri comes around. Yeah, he's I so like direct. it when. No, he's so direct, and I just like it when you got to see again editorial. Like we always realize the first segment. One, all of this, like I'm not. We're not. No, we're good. Super good.
All's good. And we need to do a shot because we are going into our final segments of the episode. Yeah, because folks, if you're watching this, if it's like if you're a fan of Survivor and you've been watching it for 44 seasons, you see <laughs> where shit starts to go awry, and you see what the causes are and the inspirations are for like the cause of and cure to, as John likes to say, and then he'll say Shadow of Simpsons. We like to clarify all the things like. I know, but you see, once we hit the serious segment, we're too hammered to keep this up as a friendship level. I'm now aggressively upset about John's careful T-shirt because it's crunk time. Crunk time! Woo! <laughs> crunk time! <laughs> Have, you right, was- Have you seen him? What does that mean? Your shirt. Oh. A... Oh, my shirt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what that is? No. Then I'm glad you asked, John, instead of just pointing it out like a dummy. A dummy, dummy, dummy profile. What is What is that shirt? It's a nice one. I haven't seen it before. I own this. Dude, look at it. Look how big it is. I owned it when I was 300 pounds. Like, I was just finding, finding clean and laundry. swimming in it. You're doing good. Um, it's the first movie that Tony Hawk was in. He was a skateboarder. He was like 16 years old and they were looking for like the Zen master and they're putting up flyers all around as they're skateboarding. And this was the flyer says, have you seen him? And they made a skater shirt. I was like, I don't skate, but I fucking love humor and great movies. So and some fucking, I know Mindfox is going to pop in and tell me what it is. Okay, sorry, go. Are we done? Are we done, John? Are we done now? No, we're not. No, no. we got folks. one more. We got the fun segment. No, no, no but fun. I mean, are we, no, are we done with your bitter band? Hey, pitter-patter, let's get at her, John. Let's get at her. Cheers. Cheers. Let's get to these messages. Thanks. Thanks. I have to say, your lightning round sounded more like a bong hit with electricity added to it. <laughs> See? Okay. That was not a lightning strike. I'm just saying. I'm saying. John. We should trade places so you could hear it on my side. Girl, I have, this is the thing. I need more backup on my side because I, John is now, he's currently lives in New York. He's currently residing, residing in Michigan. If we can raise enough money during this telethon, our 24-hour telethon, you send your checks to P.O. Box at twosidedpod at gmail.com at New York, New York, we get enough funds, we'll send his ass West Coast. If we, see, no, I was going to make a bad joke. Can't do it. Too soon. Not too soon. We're going to send his ass across the, the West Coast. We're going to send him over there for that whole engineering camp because I. Fuck it, John. They can drive wherever. All right, here's the deal. Y'all come pick me up. I will give you directions to John's house in Brooklyn. We'll go there. And then we'll do. Me and Foxy Lady will do accent camp. You and John will do. Engineering camp. We'll become become a conglomerate, a force to be reckoned with. 
None shall pass. I don't know, John. I'm just no. I'll I'm on it, time. Pete. Don't worry. I already seen it. Uh, the new thunderstorm effect is, uh, or lightning oh, round effect, rather, See? is on its way. It's it, it's in uh, the inbox of twosidedpod at gmail.com. That's two sidedpod at gmail.com. My man, because his because I, that could be a fun thing. Like you need to play the right one, John. So think about this in the in in the editorial sense. Play the yeah. right one, and then play the wrong one. And then we have people we or you and I make jokes about what it sounds like because Mr. V was like, it's a, it's like a trash can being kicked down the street. And she's like, it's a bong hit in a, in the Matrix. It's like, and we make jokes over and over of like the bad one after we play play the good like or some point. But yeah, no, we can't just play bad things, John. <laughs> Mind Fox, if you can find a didgeridoo and a kazoo that sounds better than anything John does in his Care Bear shirts. We'd also play that too. I will play that. At least I'll listen to it in my day-to-day podcast on my playlist and when I go to sleep. I think a little bird just chased my cat back into the yard. <laughs> it's not a very big bird. Like I mean like a cactus finch kind of size little bird. <laughs> my cat just ran like his tail was on fire. It was funny. I can answer the least like place in, in the United States... It's Go. called somewhere in Iowa. <laughs> oh, Iowa's bad. Idaho's also bad. Iowa, but is it about? Is it vowels? Because I said, I said Alabama. You said Iowa. I said Idaho. Ohio. John, said, John says John hates Ohio. Um, but specifically, he hates Yakima. Alaska, it's very strange. <laughs> Sometimes, why? Poor Chad, <laughs> watching your facial expressions while Pete, you give your adorably ridiculous answers to this segment is <laughs> fucking gabbity gold. I'm telling you, girl. Folks, and that's a good time to go ahead and let everyone know that we are currently live on YouTube. If you want to see John's beautiful, blushing, baby blue face and my irate, internal, <laughs> instigating iterations, then you can slam that that little uh, uh, header above our screen here on stereo. Look at YouTube Live. We're also YouTube. Uh, our, our channel is uh, John's little pet project at decided we're a podcast thought maybe we're here john what is it all right and we're also uh two-sided it's, pod it's two-sided podcast t-w-o sided podcast on youtube yeah so we're on youtube on that we're also a t-w-o sided pod at gmail.com that's t-w-o sided pod at gmail.com you can find us on spotify We've gone vitriol, and we're very angry, and there's a virus a-coming. Um, is that what you say? I'm trying to, <laughs> I didn't write your things down. What, is he, what do you say? We thank you kindly. No, no, but we're vi- virusy. Oh, Pete, you are a hero, and I need a hero. And anytime I think to myself, self, should I say that out loud?
I think of you, my boy Pete, and I say it with vigor. You are a hero, a superhero. All right, well, I can't see your T-shirt due to your spectacular lighting. So have I seen who? I don't know if I've seen him because I can't make out the picture on your T-shirt. Who's on the T-shirt? Not you, John. There you go. There you go. So he is, if you look up the movie, and I'll give, uh, his name's Animal Cham. It's Kung Fu. It's a whole thing, like super 80s. Skateboarding and Kung Fu, they go hand in hand. I don't know if you've been here. I don't know if you've played this game, but holy shit. I'm letting you know. Oh, uh, well, I guess I should have just listened. <laughs> Disregard the last <laughs> message. <laughs> uh, so, John, before you play more buttons, let me just say, um, she said a hero, need a hero. Like The two-sided pod is basically like the town in Footloose. Where, where when we have our really bad days, we go to a warehouse, we dance, fight our way through the scene, we come back, and um, and then we went over the whole town and our girlfriend's dad until he moves on with a better career than all of us who are still alive. Yep, yep. yep. <laughs> Hey, let's get through these and uh, let's uh, get to our final segment of the uh, Yeah, let's have some fun because this has been bullshit up until now. I mean, it's been curse words. I also despise Ohio. All Buckeyes can kiss my lily white swear word. (laughs) Swear word. Curse word. Swear word. Oh no, John, you're grumpy. I'm sorry to hear this. I hope the shots and copious amounts of alcohol are helping <laughs> no no this is literally this is clinical they can use in a court of law like do you see how <laughs> personality changes like pete has always been an asshole john is nice and changes as a human pete just becomes a little more verbose like oh he'll put hands on you any time of the day it could be six o'clock during kellogg's cornflakes breakfast shout out to john cornlog Nothing, nothing on John Cornlog. Corn, Cornlog, Kellogg. Yeah, no, I was. Okay, so that's what you're going to response is going to be. I was trying to have a joke, and you're like, uh, John, and this is where John, where we talk about in a court of law how alcohol affects people in different ways, where we try to set him up after calling out what the joke is. He's like, you mean Cornlog? Anyway. What's our fun segment, John? Let's do that. Well, glad you asked, my boy Pete, because our fun segment of this episode is Muses. Muses. So while walking through the Chicago Institute of Art, my mom came across a painting entitled The Sacred Grove, Beloved of the Arts and the Muses. Now, she thought uh, she had a good idea of what a muse is, but wasn't quite sure. So she asked me, what is a muse? And I gave her a brief, unrehearsed, unresearched answer that you all are the lucky ones. You ready? No, John, because I had a question there. And 
you couldn't stop talking about how you were unrehearsed in your response to to listen. So what was the name of the painting mom was intrigued by about the muse of the forest? John? Don't get all upset. Like, listen. Remember remember how we talked? No, 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 no. Listen to the question. Remember, listening is first. You can be upset anytime you like. You can listen and be upset. You can not listen and be upset. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a swear word about that, John. But <laughs> the rule number one is listening, right? Okay, fair enough. So the question, John, before you retort in a curse word fashion, that's a multiple entendre. It's a it's a curse word multiple entendre. It's a curse word multiple entendre. Y'all curse words, see what I'm doing on this curse word multiple entendre? Whoo, John! Curse word you. All right. Before you retort, what was the name of the painting that your mom made a comment about that you so eloquently in a very free-form fashion without even thinking about things where you could have to not pause and listen to someone else talk because maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the one who say it, but maybe she had more of a question before you jumped in and answered. I don't know. But what was the painting? It's called The Sacred Grove, Beloved of the Arts and the Muses. Both arts and muses being capital capitalized, yeah. Okay. Okay, so so John, in your unrehearsed response to your mom, what did you say? Uh, muse has different uh, meanings from the classic uh, uh, Greek goddesses who uh, created inspiration for artists uh, to uh, what is uh, someone who inspires you or uh, a major influence on your artistic um, sentiment. Basically that. Okay, keep going, because I'm trying to look your shit up right now. I'm trying to look your swear words up, so keep going. Don't be all, don't get your swear word right. panties in a so ruffle. Let's talk about, do your thing. let's look at the, yeah, the classic. Let's uh, look at it, because I'm looking at the images. The oh, look at this. You know what, John? It's a bunch of naked people. It is. Bumping around in a, with Romans. Oh, there are many pillars and columns. It's most tranquil. Look, the linear columns and fashions. You know how much I like clean lines and clean silhouettes. I do. I do, my boy, Pete. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Continue. Now that I know and now I have a bearing, you're, no more, you're not like a John Henry Klug. Just saying, chew a bunch of times before I swallow this. The muses were the Greek goddesses of poetic inspiration, the adored deities of song, dance, and memory, on whose mercy the creativity, wisdom, and insights of all artists and thinkers depended. So they were necessary for all of this. They may have been the original, uh, originally three in number, but according to uh, Hesiod, Hesiod the, and the prevailing uh, tradition he established, 
Most commonly, they are depicted as the nine daughters of Zeus and Memnosin. Memnosin. The muses folks, ruled think... over inspiration, the memory, the music, the poetry, the arts, and the sciences. I no. I, are, are we are we good now? Are you? Because it's very difficult. Because again, John, you, you get hammered. I get hammered. I stop writing things down to, so I don't remember them. All I can go back is to John Henry Klug. Like I have great comebacks. <laughs> but you're talking about muses. Like okay, so you're talking about like oh these are the these are the. Uh, oh, it, it's like it's like flavors. Oh, sweet, sour, savory, umami. Like, come on, man. Like, all right, are you talking on a the muses on a on a very Shakespearean level of like, oh, yeah, there's the Electra complex and the Oedipus complex because, oh, mama, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna kill my father, love my mama. Like, yeah, this is a very Greek tragedy. If, is that what you're talking about, muses? the definition of Greek muses of their pulling in. John, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I understand there are a lot of people in the room and I understand there's a lot of things happening. I get it, bro. I get it. I'm a hundred percent. That's the hard, <laughs> that's the hard thing with life in the fast lane, baby. Like everyone's going to hear everything all the time. If you don't want it, don't, Hey, don't jump in the fire. I'm with you. So, so are we talking about this, these are these are the of how how this is not a true muse as we think. You're talking the true definition of the Greek muse of like, oh, you like comedy, you like tragedy, you like uh, pornography, you like full frontal. You like I don't know of them all. I don't do the Greek things, but is that what I'm saying? Is that what you're saying? Is that what I'm hearing? Is that what I'm picking up? Yes, in down? essence, yeah. Yes, uh, we're, we're going to talk about um, who the muses are and where that term comes from. So it really comes from this Greek mythology of the goddesses who were um, most commonly so, uh, thought to be. Which is what you said. This is the goddesses. I was, I was trying to clarify what you said. I wasn't trying to make you go on. I was trying to clarify the previous yep. paragraphs you were reading. So you're talking about the goddesses and the goddesses are like these were this and like, okay. Okay, good. Goddesses. Where, where this term and this word comes from are the nine muses or uh, originally thought of as the three muses, but they were all in, in all mythologies born in Pieria, which is the foot of Mount Olympus. So they're often called the Olympian or the Pierian muses. However, Mount Helicon in uh, Boeotia was a place that they held dear to their hearts because that's where Hesiod met them and was inspired to write the Theogony. Nope. Yeah, Theogony. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Uh, it's my Folks. dyslexia, man. The words like that are always hard because it's, no, no. it just it it scrambles the words in a in a or the letters in a weird way. Me. Right. So, no, definitely. Like, John, look at me now. Look at me. Don't look at the words. This is the time. This is the time we take breaths. We talk. We have fun. Right. Because you reading dyslexic words is not the fun part of the show. 
It is actively, <laughs> aggressively unfortunate for all of us. John, John, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. The three muses, otherwise known as the nine muses. The nine muses, otherwise known as the three muses. All right. So that was John. John. That is like you are actively describing, and I'm going to go ahead and shout out to Detroit because that's like D12. That is like you have Bugs, Proof, Bizarre, Mr. Porter, Caniva, Swifty McVeigh, Eminem, and Fuzz Scooter. Those were the full ones, but D12, there were six of them at any one time, and they all had multiple personalities of who they were. So Eminem, Slim Shady, all the... Yeah, so you look at at who they were, and so what you're saying is like, oh, here's some... Oh, look at this bitch right here. Oh, she's sweet as a motherfucker. Oh, she's also salty. And she's umami <laughs> because every every muse is three. John, who's here? Are you looking at a thing? I think you are because I can see too. I can see clearly now that John's attention is gone. All of his ginger <laughs> concepts are swept away in this whole podcast. Go ahead, John. Tell me about the muses. And then so the original can, concept can, of them we can go we can go three. quick we can go quick and then be out. Um, Malete, which is a study, Mineme, memory, and Ayode, song. These were the three muses that were recognized early on. But then Wait, the mem- theogony, memory, song, and what? Study, study. That sounds like growing up in a Japanese household. That's bullshit. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. That's all right. The theogony is the one that uh, Hesiod tells us where there are nine muses. And most authors, especially since the Roman times, abide by this account. So the Greek epic poet gives a meaningful name to each of these nine muses. And so we're going to look at those. Thalia. (sighs) Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. right, right. Can we, like, John, here's the thing. Remember how we, if you're doing Shakespeare, one of the things when you're on stage, like, because nobody in their right mind likes, understands, or has a comprehension of Shakespeare. So when you're active, actively delivering your lines in your goddamn crumpets and your fucking high heels you need to take a breath so the audience can digest of like crumpia she's the one of joy and laughter perconia the one of pre ejaculation exfolia of pimple popping like what do you, just take a breath so we can all write things down digest as a community as a group john let's like I, I'm with you. You have a lot of facts. Bro, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I want the facts, but I need you to take a breath in the facts so I can write things down, so I can actively ask you about them and make sure that we're all on the same page. I'm not here for me. I'm here for the fans. It's mainly for the children. It's for mainly the preeclampsia 
anyone who's having, I think that's the sixth daughter of the Agamemnon troop. Uh, she was the one with the uh, uh, false labor pains. But go ahead. Number one. Number one, folks. Okay, John. John, John. Did we just really have the best idea? And I think we, as meaning us, as meaning the redheads among us, John, <laughs> this is going to be a cage fight. Ready? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen of the nine fighters, come to the big stage, the octagon. The muses of the hour, the ladies with all the power, the ones who won't stop until they drop. Here they come, folks. You paid the price. You know the rice dream. Yeah, it's a sushi joke, but no one gets it. All right, first up to the ring, we have number one. We'll call her by her modern uh, version of the name, Talia, the cheerful one. Talia, this is the muse of comedy. Ta Talia, the cheerful one. Turns out we're not even staying in the same vein of extraordinary fight. Folks, we've been brought to you by the BBC and the WWF. Here I am, I'm mean Gene Okerlund's older, uglier nephew's cousin's roommate's friend, my boy Pete. And we also have... On the other side of the intellectual, ordinary, extraordinary, normal warrior that you need to know, the John L. Peacock, he was friends with Sir Richard. That's correct. Talia, yes, yes. Talia, folks, we got Talia, Tal, E, uh, I don't even know how to spell that shit. That looks like an F. Thalia. Thalia. I know, uh, but, uh, but maybe hooked up phonics worked for you and the BBC, but in the WWF, we use chairs and we use death matches and we use big cages. John, you're in a lot of trouble. We're all in a lot of trouble. Talia, Tal, E, uh, the cheerful. All right. And John, what was she known for? She was known for comedy, often portrayed by holding a comic mask or the shepherd's hook. <laughs> Sounds like a real great chick. Shepherd's hook, comedy mask, everybody likes to meet her. Shepherd's hook, shepherd's hook. That just looks like a hook. Hook, comedy mask. All right, John, out of the nine, who we got to come to the next, the ring next? Now, I don't want to speak out of turn because I'm very proper, but my boy Pete, I believe that Talia was someone who is near and dear to your heart. Anyway, next up we have Urania, the heavenly one. <laughs> Urania, I'm telling you, if her and Talia got in a fight, <laughs> like she was near, like comedy hook. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's great. There's great taglines coming from every angle. Folks, I think that... Uh, what was that name? Because my friend didn't hear it. What was that? Urania. Urania. All right. Sounds like uh, Urania pissed in the wrong bucket because that first joke was not funny. That's not funny either. <laughs> 
That's not funny. All right, folks. If you if you phone in right now to twosidedpod at gmail.com, you too can suggest jokes to pull on the other. All right. Urania. More like Urania. Oh, there you go. Next we have what, what was Urania about? No, Urania was the heavenly one. She was the muse of astronomy. Heavenly one. Astronomy, okay. Okay. <sighs> Folks, I guess this is the worst pay-per-view we've all ever subscribed to because <laughs> there's, there's truly a lot of different things going on. I have 17 screens open. Two people are talking to me. I have my fans only. I'm not wearing pants. It's literally just pokes at my balls. John has a bug in his ear and a song in his heart. And so we're all saying a lot of different things. So number, fo- uh, all right. Okay. 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 Number three. All right. Number three. Who we got? That's right. My boy, Pete. We have Mel Pulmone. Mel Pulmone. Mel Pulmone. All right. It was like a Mel Torme, but uh, the Velvet Fog, but a little bit older. Go ahead. Who we got? That's She Who Sings and was the muse of tragedy. Tragedy. All right. We're three in, and it sounds like Mel Pulmone has struck a chord, and we have six more to go. Tragedy. Let's move on. Polyhymnia. <laughs> John, number four, polyhymnia. We we popped that long ago. We are <laughs> fucking far through the polyhymnia. <laughs> she of the many hymns was the muse of hymns and sacred poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to be out of place, but that that curse word won't stop singing <laughs> or a homily <laughs> too. Next, my boy Pete, we have Arato. <laughs> the lovely one. Yeah, yeah but she did <sighs> she did curse word to, to mouth things and that's why everyone loved her. <laughs> After that, we have Calliope, the one with a beautiful voice, the muse of epic poetry. See, I don't know if I buy that. I feel like the way, beca- I, in my mind movies, of every time I heard Calliope, I was like, no, this is like, it's where you hold up the weird thing to your eye and you twist it around and it makes weird little patterns. Like, that's the Calliope. It's like, it right. turns out the it's not. Yeah. A kaleidoscope, and it's not, and it's also not a different kind of horse. So the Calliope, she's wise in wisdom, great in song, great in poetry, nothing like either of us. Good, continue. That was number six. Cleo, the celebrator or the proclaimer, was the muse of history. So, not celebrator, Muse of history means like, hey, I'm a storyteller. Like, here's I'm talking shit about the old days. Like, there's no yep. celebrator because you don't celebrate all the old stuff. John, tell me, tell me, 
to my goddamn Zoom face right now and this YouTube live podcast that you will celebrate this. This show, after we are done, that you will be a Cleo? No, no, no. There's no such thing. Cleo's not here today. No one is celebrating. No. <laughs> we don't until we remember the good old days. Then Cleo comes around. Yeah, Mel Portman. Like, we're very, like, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Talia the Cheerful. Yeah, we got that one the first time around. Everybody's <laughs> having a good time. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Next we have number eight. You, you terp. You terp. She who pleases. She was the muse of flute playing. Again, uh, I feel like that's very archaic because, first off, no, there should be not any muses of, that should be for pleasing. Number two. No one was pleased by flute. It's not like it's like a didgeridoo or a flute or a subjugation of a woman who's meant to please. Not enjoyable by anyone. Should not be brought up. Should not be played aggressively in this day and age. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, you tip. All right, and we got our we got our uh, number nine, our last and our best. Don't mean not the best, not the worst, but let's keep them going, John. All right, all right, all right. Here's the final cage match of the eight beautiful lady muses. Are we ladies? Can we say ladies? Of the late eight muses, uh, John, my co-host, a cis male who's also very from the BBC who doesn't understand fun or anything in the cage match, last member of the nine... Five muses is well. Thank you, my boy Pete. The last member of the nine muses is Terp Shakur. <laughs> the one delighting in the dance, the muse of choral, lyric, and dancing. Okay, uh, <laughs> I had a I had a moment. I was like, what? <laughs> they, they named a Nicolas Cage movie out of one of the muses. Yeah. Here we go. I'm Terp Shakur. And anyone who knows me knows I do not fuck around. I'm here for the lights and the dances. It sounds very <laughs> or like Umbach the Thai warrior or like very What is it, John? What are you looking at? Is there people on YouTube? John, do you want to read our YouTube comments out loud? Do you want to say things uh, out loud in YouTube, John? Because I if do, there's people on I YouTube, do. John, if there's people on YouTube, John, look at me, John. If there's people on YouTube like Lonesome Len Larry or MFA or anyone who would possibly take your attention like they do a normal, normal day-to-day -day life where you can't hold a normal fuck you conversation then my boy Pete uh, has uh, let me say that uh, MFA is telling us over the YouTube y'all just made me spit my tea all caps everywhere uh, but uh, the, the fun thing that I wanted to point out is that the uh, the 
different muses, the nine different muses that we just pointed out. How Talia. about I point that out to you, John? How about nice, how about nice finger? It's a it's a big one. It's a big one. Talia, go ahead. Talia the cheerful. Go on. Comedy Urania, with the Mel nope. Pomene, Polyhymnia, Erotica, Erato. Cleopatria, Cleo, Voltepria, and Tupac Shakur. Yeah, we got them all. Is it? It uh, uh, brings forward the acronym Tom Peckett, T-U-M Peckett, oh my God. which students for many centuries used to remember the names of the goddesses. Tom Peckett means Worst. something along the lines of the playfully ironic, well, try to forget now. <laughs> That's a great playful reference because... I would like you to point me to literally if you can give me five students who are like, oh, Tom Peckett. I'm like, you want to talk muses? That's ridiculous. I was in sixth grade, John. No one needs to know about erotica and holy poly homania and Mormon and Urania and Talia the Cheerful. That's not something that's taught. And anyone who's that far in life knows nothing about acronyms or they care. We're having a good time. This is a really, like, I, I have never, folks, anyone who's listening on stereo, anyone who's seen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it's always good to have your engineer involved in your show. I mean, it's, it's super good to have them involved in pre-production, in sound, in recording. <laughs> it's good to have them involved in when we were, you know, the first time we're like, how many people have got? What are we doing? Is there people happening? Like, Super good. It's always good to have some sort, some sort of a muse, whatever that may be. Unfortunately, if it distracts from the art that is actually going on, it's a muse of a different sort, which is beautiful and needs to be expressed and understood. But I think what we learned from Talia the Cheerful with her shepherd's hook is there's a time and a place for specific muses. They all are important. They all bring something different to the table and they all should be respected. But sometimes you need to understand when appropriate is appropriate for your muses. Ain't that right, Cleo? Oh, she's not here? Oh, no, wait. Hold on. Oi. No, that's my fox. Hi, I'm John. Call my boy Pete for your free reading. Operators are standing by. Hurry up and buy. That was Miss Cleo. We had the wrong <laughs> readout. Like, <laughs> yeah, boy, do you want to know your future? No, that's... I would take a, yeah. Anyway, that was really fun, John, and I'm glad you were present for it all. So what's the finish up? What's your follow-up? If you can look remotely interested, where are we going with this, buddy? So we've, we've built up the nine, 
and we're looking at uh, what they've uh, been in um, pop culture and other culture throughout history. Other uh, than okay. divine inspires in the verse of the poets, the muses rarely appear in myths. And when they do, they're usually much less gentle revelers than diving avengers. So as revelers, they are uh, presided o- over by Apollo. The muses spent much of their time on Olympus, cheerfully singing and dancing at the feasts of the gods. Sometimes they also came down to earth as to either mourn a funeral like Achilles or uh, celebrate a marriage like um, Peleus uh, uh, to uh, Tetis and Cadmus to Harmonium. But much more often they were depicted as Avengers those who protected their status. The muses were not above punishing anyone who dared to challenge their skill. For example, Themius, uh, a uh, Thracian bard, was blinded and robbed from his talents when he boasted that he's a better musician than that of the music. Oh. That's right. Yeah, no, number number four. Like... Better musician. She had hymns. Is you said the the nine because fucking Talia the cheerful. She doesn't sing. We've been to karaoke with Talia. Cleo, uh uh-uh. <laughs> erotica. She's fucking in the back. Mm-mm. <laughs> Whereas Demodocus, a uh, Phaeacian bard who appeared in Homer's Odyssey had his eyes plucked out by the muses as well. But Homer says that as a compensation, he was given the gift of the sweetest song. But you're talking about the muses in in Homer's Odyssey, in the Odyssey. That's a different... So we're talking about the clinic, What? because there's different... Ah, John! I shake my fist at the heavens and your muses. Don't look down to the right. Stop looking down to the right. Turn whatever that is over. Turn it over. So help me God. That's it. Anyway, I'll call, I'll call <laughs> Jeff. I'll call Jeff. I have his number. I'll face place him. Piece of shit. Piece of curse word. Anyway. Nope. Now I got nothing. Go ahead. Once, Hera persuaded the sirens to challenge the muses, but unsurprisingly, they also lost to them, and the muses made it. themselves crowns from the sirens' feathers. Okay, so what you're talking about is the muses, because we all understand the muses in Homer's Odyssey and the Iliad. We understand the muses are like, oh, come over here. We, we're half mermaid with our titties out and beautiful hair and shells around like, whoo! Like lightning round, lightning. That's like for me. That's the lightning round muse. Like they'll be like, oh, come, nothing. You're not giving me anything anyway. But you're saying, oh, the muses all talk, and there's nine of them. And they do the thing. So I'm trying to clarify. We're talking Homer's Odyssey versus when you ask me, like, are you? Uh, is there a muse artistically that you have? Do you find yourself a muse? There's right. di- three different variations of what we're talking about, of what the definition of muse is. 
you are now talking literature in the Greek mythology of Homer's Odyssey of, of at versus, oh, here's in the Renaissance versus what I think in my day-to-day drunken life. Yes. Oh, John, you know what? I feel like, I feel like Talia the Cheerful will be like, you know what? You're off the hook. Thanks for sending that in. That was a great joke because now I can play on it all night long. <laughs> oh, look, we got some line foxes in here. We got some Elena. Let's see. Pete, I keep expecting you to make a Hercules joke. Do you not know that musical? There's the muses are like the Ronettes in that show. Oh, no, I definitely knew. Yeah. From zero to hero. <laughs> and that's a fact. <laughs> Because that is what I feel like the two-sided pod, that's twsidedpod at gmail.com, that's twosidedpod at gmail.com, has literally in the last year, we our first episode was one year ago, April 1st. We are now one year over, and we have gone from zero to hero. John is now a, a plethora of knowledge when it comes to the muses. I feel like... It's because I have become amused to him. I don't know. I'm just one man talking. However, we've grown. I understand that the Zero to Hero and the Hercules. Ah, God damn it. She set me up. Isn't she? she set me up. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Because the Nutty Professor also had a great Hercules reference. Anyway, God damn it. <laughs> ah, everyone set me up for cancellation. So wait, let me tell you. Let me get this straight. The muses refuse to give us our ideas. That's your job, man. Bad. You had one fucking job, bro. Yeah, but you gotta own up for it. It's it's like the whole spirit journey. It's like spirit quest. It's like, yeah, they'll definitely give you your shit if you're worthy. It's the same thing as going on in Native American spirit quest, or if you're becoming a man in in Germany, or if you're like, well, it, even in uh, Midwest out here, like the whole fucking go and make your first kill and drink the blood or eat the fish cuts. I don't know if you did that, John. Like, first time you get, yeah. It's that whole thing of like, are you worthy? No, I'm fucking not worthy at all. Fuck you. Sound like I, the damn White House, don't it? Motherfucker, give me your idea. That's not yours. You're owned. Get back in line. I'm just saying, you could vent all of those reactions at (laughs) whitehouse.com right now. Just go to whitehouse.com, log in, say yes, I'll accept all cookies, sign up. You'll be good to go. (laughs) That's horrible. That's the best thing ever because whoever figured that shit out, John, that's if you can it's no longer dot gut like ah Yeah, so let's let's look out our two sided pot, our next money making idea so we can actually get the money to make that PO box. We're going to look at the uh twenty twenty four presidential campaign and like not just the normal ones we all know about, but like the sleepers. Like the like the 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 Papo Jijus and the yep. Pico de Gallos and all the weird like, and we're gonna. 
buy those domains.com and like, yeah, you want to buy them? You sure can for $27,000 and a full interview on our podcast. We're going to run all your campaign shit because everybody knows <laughs> that Papa Jiju <laughs> supports the two sided pod. <laughs> stupid so today we've gone away from the muses being the source of memory inspiration and art and we've redefined a muse as a person who causes someone else to have ideas about creating a work of art a person who inspires an artist writer etc okay so we're saying in your in your summation here, you're saying we have accepted this and we think this. So what you're doing is you're telling us what you told us that it has changed the idea of a muse without telling yeah. us that you were going to tell us that the muse term has changed. So you That's missed cool. the first concept. John, I know you're very good at talky talky the English talky language. John, but let me give you a little pointer tippy tippy pointer pointer. <laughs> When you're talking words and trying to inter- internationally bridge gap that gap of talkie talkies, number one, you're going to tell them what you tell them. You're going to, no, no, already messed it up. See, John, come back on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It'll be a three credit class. No, John, <laughs> tell them, tell them what you're going to tell them. There you go. Tell them. And tell them what you told them. That's right. In all in all of these things, I feel like you're missing the step of tell them what you're going to tell them. You always miss that point. And we get halfway and I'm like, whoa, 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 what the swear word are we talking about? <laughs> you caught it. You caught it. I did. He's getting that was better. A good one. Evolution of a My Boy Pete, ladies and gentlemen. Right. It's mainly, I'd like to think of, Topak Shikra, Voltrop Cleo, Erotica, Holly Poly, Hamnesia, Mullet Palmna, Urania, <laughs> Talia the Cheerful, mainly Talia the Cheerful. Here's to you, all you nine girls. You're my swear words. You're my swear words. So, other definitions, modern definitions of Muse are uh, this one really the only band you need in your life. According to one lover of their music, their music will soundtrack and heighten every emotion <laughs> you've ever experienced. Well, quite literally blowing your mind, reducing you to tears, making your heart burst in sheer rapture, and making you want to bow down and worship at the feet of the three virtuosically talented English musicians who created it. Like drugs, only much better. If Muse were to be combined into a single breathing entity, it would be likely Chuck Norris with an electric triangle. Okay, okay. Again, 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 John. You go really hard in the paint, and I, ha- I, I caught up. I need you to clarify so I can laugh as funny as you are, as hard as you are. Are you talking about the band Muse? This, of course, is referring to Muse, an English rock band from Tellingmouth, Devon, formed in 1994. Okay. Yeah, the band no, consists that's of 
Matt Bellamy, Chris Wadhamsholm, and Dominic so you, Calvert. You, so, so that is what you're laughing at because you weren't talking because the joke first was because you didn't, again, tell us what you're going to tell us. I was thinking, it's like, oh, One Direction. One Direction. <laughs> one Direction. One Direction. And you were shitting your pants laughing. And you're like, no, the joke's coming. Like, One Direction. One Direction. And now you're like, yeah, of course it's fucking Muse. Of course. It's, it's no D12, but all right, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Finally, another, another modern definition of Muse is when someone takes someone famous from real life and role plays and acts like them in their own way. This is another term for muse these days. We no, see this not. in the president show, etc. No, no. The president show is you can't say a genre that comes on for accompanied on Toon TV. That's not a reference of I am my own muse and you can't play a character. That is not a character. So give me another reference because no, you don't get to say that. Amused to play a character. So um, Ollie G is a muse. Barat is a muse. Is that what you're saying? We're, we're now redefining what a character, what a caricature, what a... Uh, it's uh, specifically when you emulate someone who is, uh, is real. And so Barat, it would not necessarily be a muse. Okay, so, whereas, okay, so, right. so Key and Peel, when... When he represents Obama, that's a muse. Yep, that would that, that would be it. Yep, a lot of a lot of SNL sketches are based around muse uh, 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 versions of real life. And do you, when do you those really believe actors that? and that those, verbal... when those actors, like um, um, uh, you know, many of them have taken it a step further and made that a part of their their being, the part of their essence. Different, like the president show, where he emulated our ex president over and over again, but it was always in a specific way, and so that would be a muse. Different, like I I get you because it's like, okay, are you doing a character? So like, oh, are you Jim Belushi, and you're doing like the the samurai therapist? Okay, again, not real. So are you kidding me? So so no, 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 no. Because you're now talking about like impressions, because like you're telling me there's not a samurai who is a therapist. So that's that's you a judgment, and I don't like that, and we won't accept that because it's a two-sided pod. We don't accept judgments. But if you're saying if you're saying if you're saying to me that Jim Belushi, John Belushi did Emperor Hirohito, like oh that's a muse now. Emperor Hirohito as he, no no Emperor Hirohito. As he practices sword and counseled his family on their love lives, because that's a real person in a real situation that probably really happened, and you don't know. So that's not an impression. That is to you a muse. So where is like that? My question is. Okay, you want to see my you want to see my muse of uh, uh, Hua. I can't stand all these motherfucking hua. Ain't that something? 
No, it's not quite the same because what I'm saying it's a is real person. specifically when when real famous people that was one oh. of the depictions of it when you Al were when emulating Al Pacino's a real not famous. famous. Right, Al Pacino's not famous. Go ahead. Hua is Hua. a fictional character that Al Pacino did in Sense of a Woman. Based so on the, a real character that was based on on a real play. Right, and Inspi- he did it one, one by, thing. Inspired what by, saying, just like when I watched Care Bears the movie and I wrote Saving Private <laughs> Ryan. Inspired by, not based on. The difference is it's uh, <laughs> emulating a real person over and over again as part of what you do. You became you become known for that. SNL character uh, actors who play characters, one-offs, they're not it. But like Will Ferrell, who went on to do a play and to do several things as George W. Bush over and over again beyond SNL, I could say he was going into the into the world of Muse, where most of the actors who play in SNL and do real life uh, uh, people, especially like you know political uh, uh, famous people, um, they are not quite it. But if you go that step further and you get known for it, and it's something that's just part of your public persona. That's the muse that I'm talking about. Nah, man, fuck all that. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a shot. <laughs> no, I'm definitely, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to finish up because I, yeah, the, the thing is, if you get to do the good impression all the time, if you, the impressions that I start to do that you like to finish up and like shout out to the, the references he's making. Like, so are those everything I reference that you are calling me out on? Is that my muse? No, I'm making yeah. a good impression. So Gandhi fucking uh, swear word. And um, what's his face? <laughs> ben, Ben Kingsley. So right. is God, is Gandhi his muse? Amazing. No, because it's what about one? No, but, Oh, really? One-off. How many years did he spend making that? Do you think it was one. more than one? Look at his god swear word and frame, John. <laughs> yes, he lost some weight for it. What a- so did, so did uh, uh, Tom Hanks do it for Survivor. That was not about any real person. That doesn't uh, mean he's a muse because he uh, spent some more time on a one-off. Uh, John, Survivor was Jeff Probst, and he is my muse, and do not <laughs> screw with that. You're talking about Castaway. Castaway. Yeah, but no. When you, when you bring Jeff Probst in Survivor into my hood, you come to my table, you try to pour a shot in my drink <laughs> town? Oh, no. We live on coconuts and a handful of rice around here. Oh, if you can find a crab, find a crab. But now you have to be able to eat it. John, let's do a shot and think about Jet Probst as my muse because that's the only time I've tried to think about what I can do with my life that I can get on to a show with Jeff Probst. 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 Here we go. Cheers. Come on. Come on. Drink, 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 drink. Don't be sissy. Your muse is 
a crying little. Well, I made the comment to somebody the other night. Last night, as a matter of fact, we were in stereo with a good friend, Inspirato Projecto. Um, and he. I made the comment, yeah, you should Google this. And he was like, I don't know, maybe DuckDuckGo or Brave Browser. And he starts naming. I'm like, it's like Q tips, bro. Everybody buys Q tips, but nobody actually buys Q tips. You know what I mean? Uh, we go to the store to get Kleenex, but we don't half the time buy Kleenex. Uh, it's brilliant marketing. Google it is slang for look that shit up. I mean, if you're on DuckDuckGo, um, startpage.org is a great one. It's probably top of my list. But, I mean, we're not actually Googling it. Relax. Right. That's another thing. It's like all of my, all of my search engines start with fartsandwich.otm. <laughs> That's why I Yahoo it. Yahoo. Easy there, Jeeves. We have a fucking fast. Oh. Curse word. Sorry. Ah. Curse word. Damn it. Go ahead. I've never even heard of Muse. I was I was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, I know he's talking about Spinal Tap. It has to be Spinal Tap. No I didn't way. even know Muse existed. Sorry, y'all. Bro. 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 There's. It's. I, I promise you. You. I don't know what kind of music you like, but I don't care what kind of music you like. There will be two songs. <laughs> There will be at least two songs that will be like you will not be able to stop listening. Like, yeah. I, I'm not a big metal fan, but it's it's kind of metal, but it's kind of punk, but it's kind of progressive, but it's kind of like indie. It's it's very like oh okay. Like every time I put it on, I hear it. I put on some eye makeup and a tight black sweatshirt, and it's like let's rock and roll, baby. So Elvis impersonators would be considered a muse. I am so seriously lost in this conversation, but it exactly. is entertaining. No, it's not. It's literally not. It's literally John was like, yeah, yes, that's exactly. That would be. That would no. be. Yep. Right. So. Because uh... they make their public persona career around that real life person, famous person. That's what I'm saying, as opposed to one-offs that you kept okay. on trying to throw okay. out. No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. Let, let, I hear you. I hear you. It's one performance that is amazing, that is a genre-bending, versus someone who does something that is out in the world forever. So what you're saying is, we go to Hollywood Boulevard, and the guy who dresses up as Spider-Man today, and we see him dressed up as Snake Eyes tomorrow, and the Hulk the next day. And, uh, and but every time he comes up as a, as a hero and trying with his fanny pack, trying to get $5 for a picture with kids, that character he's dressed as is his muse because he's getting paid because we know it. No, it's because, not fictional characters. It's real no. life people. Okay. So, so okay. No, 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 no. Okay. John, hear me out. Okay. Yep. So let's take it. Again, let's go to Hollywood Boulevard, right in front of, in front of uh, the theater there, right. So Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley. Yep. So the so all of the six Elvises, and yep. then and then the next day, no John, the next day they're dressed as Buddy Holly, and yep. then the next day 
because, okay, okay, this is awesome. John, hear me out before you get defensive. Hear me out, right? Yep. What you're saying is if enough people do it, it becomes a different thing. One person has to do it and become famous for it. That's, that's what it is. It's, it's a no, new no, form no. of the term no, used. No. Right. No, but hear me out. Okay. Not one person. You're saying a specific person has to live that life. Yep. And then everybody else gets to emulate that person. And that makes it different than impersonation. Or, or use no, that no, no, persona, no, 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 or no, use no, that no. persona as a uh, um, satirical look at what's happening. You're, you're, I just wish you would listen and answer questions, just a yes or no of things instead of trying to be your fucking legalistic goddamn ginger self. Yes. So if more people do it of a real person, it becomes a different thing. Yes. Okay, does that, is that something we should be supporting? Is that something, no? Then why not, are you? Not necessarily. Okay. You just then latched onto it. I was just looking no, at no, other modern definitions of, you're, of muse. You're, okay, I feel like this is, this is the point where we now take this to the green room because John is now looking very vaguely and not after the second time I said, just listen and answer the question. He's like, no, it's fine. Folks, we're going to take this to the green room because you know what? I know a lot of shit people in this world. And if it just takes 10, 15, 20 people to dress up as them and emulate them and it makes them a different thing than what they are. I don't think that's okay. And that was a question I was asking that John didn't want to answer. So folks, you can find us on all of our podcasts, all of our YouTubes, all of our fucking hatred that we stand in awe of. So let's, let's finish this up. We got a couple more messages and then uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap this up and head on out to the green room. And we have company tonight, John, look what you've done. Yeah. Motherfucker. Elvis would be the muse, wouldn't he? To all the Elvis impersonators, I think it would be Elvis is the muse Elvis for five hundred dollars, Alex. Elvis would be, but what about uh, Jim Jones? So if we turn Jim Jones from a serial killer <laughs> into people who dress up as him, does he become a muse? So why are you saying those are things that that was my question? So just because if people dress up as him. It should make him from a thing that he is into a muse. That's bullshit. No, no, it's actually it's this term is actually taking it back from those people and the people who are emulating <laughs> them or satirically uh, impersonating them as their <laughs> livelihood. They are the muses, and that's you're, the difference. That's the shit. You're, you're, I feel like this is a very slippery slope, John. I watched Clerks too when he says like I'm taking this back. I put it on the back of my shirt, and it's like, I'm not even going to say it. He's like, no, that terminology. Like, no, my grandma said it all the time. I don't know the people. Like, port for, no, port for life. No, John, you don't get to say I'm taking it back. When it's bad, it's bad. You know what? 
you know, Nazi meant like a very specific supportive family member who liked sauerkraut and schnitzel. No, you don't get to say we're taking it back. No, no, you don't. As a cis male, I think you know that. MFA, I adore you. I feel like she's saying right, she's dumb shit. I'm still feeling like crap. My head's killing me. My fever's coming back. Sorry, I'm not going to make it to the green room. Love yous. Have a good love night. You. Talk love to you, you soon. Yeah, yeah. No, love you. She's great. Um, but if they're a copycat killer, then is he their muse? That's kind of creepy. No. See, it's, a, a, again, impersonator. Because every time it's like, no, it's right. not the real one. It's an impersonator. They don't say, it's a, it's, he's his muse. Like, I saw The Bone Collector. I was pretty impressed by it. And I'm pretty sure it was copycat. Impression, maybe. <laughs> well, the, uh, the sources for this episode of Two Sided have been the first segment, pbs.org, history.com. Uh, transportist.org and npr.org and the second ep, uh, uh, segment um, greekmythology.com britannica.com and urbandictionary.com uh, Pete before we go is there anything that, from this episode that you'd like to take a second look at a second, a second chance a second, a second I'd opinion I'd like you to take a fucking breath because my I would like to credit my sources John if you just give me a goddamn second. Wow. My sources include Anger 101 from tonight. Uh, I would also like to thank Sailor Jerry and all of the things he brought to the table. I would also like to thank Fox News, Joe Rogan, in addition to BBC, uh, but not the Parrot Sketch. Um, I'm just I, we're so but I it, unfortunately I feel like we're now falling into a, a trap John I actively reset it every single time we're not good at drinking and yelling at each other because you're like I don't listen it's like I get very angry because I listen to everything you're like careful crunk bears gonna drink some stuff god damn it you're like, why are you mad? And ah, ah, <laughs> ah! And that is what I would like to take back. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> we have our open chat show on stereo. Uh, every Tuesday, same start time as tonight. So if you'd like to join us or you want to throw some topics out there for our two-sided podcast, email us, twosidedpod at gmail.com. That's T-W-O, sidedpod at gmail.com. And remember to join us in the green room. We're going to go at 15 after the hour tonight. So that'll be in about five minutes for our after show wind down. That's right. a wrap for and that is, And that is what we... The folks here with the two-sided pod, we have enough to make Talia not so cheerful. So don't be afraid to tune in in the green room or next week. I am John L. Peacock from Brooklyn, New York, currently in the dirty mitten of Michigan. 
And I'm my boy Pete in the dirty, dirty place where I am residing in my mental state. And this was our show. You can listen to our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also join us live on our YouTube channel, uh, Two Sided Podcast, and on the Stereo app every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, as we talk about the two sides of life, the fun and the serious here on Two Sided. I love you, Pete. Love you, John, man. Like, as in a court of law, everyone has to hear, I love you, John. Look at my hands. Look at my hands. We're all safe. Cheers, man. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Oh, no. Oh, hell no. Nope. Oh, no. Check that email. Get that Get that lightning sound from Mindfox. Shout out, Mindfox. Thanks, brother. Ugh, making us better all the time.